You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer to fandom, geekiness, and everything. As always, I am your host, Nathan, and we have another great episode lined up for you where we are going to talk about DC's movie slate and, well, I guess really t- movie and TV slate uh, for the next several years. Uh, but before we do that, let's meet our cast for this week. So, starting off, he absolutely loves comics. He still has Thanos on his couch, and that is my friend, Eric. How are you doing, Eric? It's true. I just came from the comic book shop. Um <laughs> uh, no, I'm good, man. Um I'm slowly getting used to uh I'll explain what it is when I hold it up to the camera. So, you know, for audio listeners they won't have any idea I'm holding something up to the camera. I'm getting sure. used to uh this still. My uh my brand new toy, my Steam Deck. I'm getting Ooh. used to it. You would you would actually love the Steam Deck, Nathan, because it's like a mini it's basically having like a mini handheld like laptop computer. Uh, obviously with a ge- with a huge gearing towards gaming mm-hmm. but you it can install uh emulators um so like you'd be able to play basically anything you anything you want within Atari, really cool. NES, SNES. Yep. yep it's so cool it's it's very like user um user based where it's like mm. it gives the control over to each user as much as possible so people customize these things like crazy it's really mm. cool to see the things that people come up with obviously so, I'm so is it like it a handheld for... type thing like the size yeah, of like a uh, switch here, or something or yeah it's, it's about the same size as a switch hmm. actually no it's bigger than a switch about, is like, it bigger oh okay, per, oh, okay. but yeah still general oh but the screen is way bigger than a switch screen oh yeah, but, yeah. no um I can't grab my Switch right now. I'd be able to show you otherwise. It's, all, it's also a better quality <laughs> screen. The Switches yep. only go up to... They, they only go up to 720, like... 720, right? 720, I think. Unless you got the new LED version that they released, those are the only ones that go up to a 1080 screen, but they're not, they're not great. This is the thing that blows my mind. Like, my kids, so I got them a Switch, right? And it's like, you know, it has the docking station, so you can dock it, you can watch on the TV. And we've got a nice 65-inch 4K TV. The kids will play in the living room, but on the handheld thing. And I'm like, guys, why don't you just (laughs) use the docking station and play it on the big thing? They're not interested. They just play it, you know, like, and I'm just like, and I'll see them even, like, playing a game together with the little screen, both of them, like, staring at it. And I'm like, you know, you can put it on the TV. You don't have to, <laughs> like, play it like that. And it's just like, they just prefer playing it on the little screen. I don't know why. Like, obviously, if the whole family gets together, we put it on the big, like, we're playing Mario Kart or something, we'll, like, play it on the big screen. But, like, yeah, I just, I don't understand, like, <laughs> the, the little screen's just for if you're out and about. Like, you're not at home. Like, if you're at home, like, in the living room even, Use the screen anyway. Um. <laughs> but no, it's 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 fun getting used to it, and it's one of those things that, like, the second you see a steam ch- steam sale, you get that meme where it's like, "Oh no, I'm in trouble." <laughs> yeah. 
It's like there goes cool. so much of my paycheck now. <laughs> yeah. I spent I spent way too much uh, the other day, but so many cool things were on sale. I got like all the XComs. I got uh, Borderlands Three, everything, because they had all the crazy DLC. So there's over a hundred gigs of Borderlands on this thing right now, uh, yep. and I even got related to DC. I got Gotham Knights. I haven't started mm. playing Gotham Knights yet, but I did get Gotham Knights. You know that is the most confusing thing in the world that they released a game and they're coming out with a TV show at the same time with the same. We name. don't talk about that TV show. <laughs> We're not ever talking about that. Because I see so many conversations <laughs> on Facebook, like that in like various like TV groups or whatever, where people are talking at cross purposes about Gotham Knights. And I know why, but I think some people don't realize there's another thing with the same name and they like get confused about like what each is talking about. But anyway. Um, hey guys, there's four there's four male Batman kids, but let's create a new kid for no apparent yeah. reason. Yeah, we're Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> I hope this thing I hope it gets canceled honestly uh, it really has to be doa canceled. i i can't imagine any universe where gotham knights gets renewed with both and the that's but both the uh atmosphere isn't the right word but that's the word that's coming to mind no, I get, at, yeah, at both I the get cw and at warner brothers i cannot see that thing getting renewed but we'll that, we'll get into that we'll get into that in, in a few <laughs> minutes because i do want to talk about sort of the legacy stuff with dc like media before we you know talk about guns announcements but um yeah my downfall with gaming was when i started getting into comic books and i realized that i didn't have enough money for both and i chose comic books <laughs> I got really heavy into comic books for for several years, and I was just like, I was still play video games, but I was like, I didn't, I don't have any money to buy anything new because it's all going to comic books. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it's good to have you back on the show, Eric. It is always good to be here, my friend. All right, and next up, he is the guy that always has a drink in his hands, and that is James. How are you doing, James? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And and what are we drinking today, James? Uh, I have a wonderful uh, couple of things here. I have a uh, uh, 2023, uh, as of about uh, 20 minutes ago, cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's very good. It's very good. Please tell uh, me you put something in the coffee to... <laughs> creamer creamer in there um yeah i i honestly don't have any uh like this i literally rolled out of bed like half an hour before the podcast like i went to bed stupid late last night and my Mm. dog my dog is good like she's great because she's the one who is responsible for me being awake and being on the podcast right now because she came in at exactly 10 30 and was just like dad wake up (laughs) Um, and then I have I have my lovely 2023 uh, Jelly Belly Orange Sherbet Sparkling Water here. So uh, who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe at the point we have a break in the in the podcast, I'll go find a bottle of something laying around. I don't know. Yeah, I know it's a little bit different when it's uh, when it's the morning podcast for you, and uh, you know. a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? Right. Well, that's that's the philosophy <laughs> and why I ask you what you're drinking, because, you know, I know it happens sometimes. It does. It does. It wouldn't be the first time. It won't be the last. <laughs> well, what's been going on for you uh, since the last time you were on, James? I think that was Black Adam. Oh, man. Yeah, it's been it's been a little bit. Um, not a lot. Uh, definitely. uh 
catching up on a backlog of video games uh, that I've had, uh, I use and submit to or sub sub submit to. Uh, <laughs> no, that's probably accurate to a uh, GameFly. Um, GameFly's a they're a company that they're kind of like old school Netflix, but like hmm. for video games. So you can rent video games. They send them to you in the mail. Keep it as long as you want. No late fees, all that kind of business. Hmm. Uh, but I've had a big backlog of games on there that I just hadn't been getting to. I was just not doing anything constructive with a video game. But yeah, been catching up on that and uh, uh, been catching up on some anime. Uh, hmm. It's been a long time since I, I jumped into really getting into any anime series. And so uh, I've been, I, I'm currently caught up. I've spent the last few weeks getting caught up on uh, My Hero Academia. Oh, very nice. Yes, yes. Uh, my daughter has gotten me into that. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I've I've been especially like the current season. I was just like I, I told my wife I was just like because what'll inevitably happen is I'll keep talking about this anime even though I was like, do you want to watch it with me? And she was like, nah, I'm fine. And then what'll happen is I'll keep talking about it. I'll get all caught up, and then sure enough, she'll decide that she needs to rewatch the whole thing. As soon as I catch up, so I have to just rewatch it again, which normally isn't a problem. I just have other shows I want to watch. Sure, yeah. And there's but, uh, a lot of My Hero Academia. Yeah, yeah. So uh, caught up on that. Caught up on the new, uh, um, what is it? Oh, geez, Bleach, uh, the Thousand hmm. Year Blood War on Hulu. So I was, I'm actually really surprised. Hulu's getting some like solid anime like content that they're able to like give people on streaming. So. That's uh, been pretty good. But other than that, it's been uh, working, helping people get loans to accomplish whatever, you know, their uh, financial needs are, I guess. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's that's what I do. <laughs> no, very, very cool. Yeah, no, I, yeah, my youngest has gotten me into My Hero Academia, and my oldest is getting me to watch Attack on Titan. So, mm, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, those are, those are the two shows my kids are getting me into. Uh, so, yeah. I got to finish Attack on Titan. I got through season one, and then mm. I, was, I was like, wow, this is a lot emotionally speaking. Like, there is so <laughs> many things happening. It is a show. I love the fact that, like, everything, uh, like, all the... um the sort of like aesthetics of the show are all German. Cause I'm like, this actually strikes me as a show a German would make. Um, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's very, it's very sort of like cold. Is and everything grim and... forever. Yes. <laughs> yes I love yeah, this like, is the way like, we want so German. Like I'm surprised, like the Japanese like creators have really gotten into the German mindset. They're quoting Nietzsche and stuff. And I'm just like, Oh yeah. Like this is like, this is so right. German. Uh, but, Oh, that's right. Also, my oldest got me into Spy X Family. That's the okay. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. That's 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 a fun show. That's not like a super grim dark like Attack on Titan. But nice. anyway, but anyway, yeah. Good to have you back on the show, James. Always good to be back. All right, and finally, it is the man that you love to hate. He's coming at us today in high definition, but of course, that doesn't mean anything for you guys at home. And that is Ryan. How are you doing, Ryan? I, I'm doing great. Just uh, counting the minutes to uh, uh, Gotham Knights when it comes out. I'm, I'm going to be here for it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch it. I mean, like, I, I just uh, might as well because it's there. I'm it's... not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will let I, if, if it does get picked up for season two by some miracle, 
I will go back and watch season one. But yeah, yeah it's got, you know, Birds of Prey and every other knockoff uh, Batman, not Batman series they've tried to do <laughs> written all of <laughs> like i don't even understand the mindset like that got that thing green because this was back you know with the old cw management and they were like you know we we want a show that's not connected to any of our other dc shows and it's gonna be yet another version of a gotham without batman and you know all this stuff and it's just like why why are you doing yeah. this like there's no reason for it i you know like I'm not going to deny that it was problematic, um, but they had a choice between the Arrow spinoff and then Gotham Knights, and they chose Gotham Knights. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't get it. You know? Yeah, there are so many things. Like there was <laughs> the Black Lightning spinoff they could have done uh, that yeah. they did, you know, a backdoor pilot for, and there was all sorts of stuff. But yeah, I mean, honestly, though, Ryan, I don't believe you, even if it does get renewed for a season two, and even if the buzz <laughs> is positive, because have you watched Black Lightning yet? <laughs> No. <laughs> How dare you? I, I, uh, I, I'm proud of myself because I have watched the first episode of the season of The Flash, though. So, oh, you know, okay. Yeah. That, that, well, yeah, you know. Well, so we I don't mean, have to wait we have for to give you him after some sort done. of consolation. Yeah. No, 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 we don't. <laughs> well, you know, I put it off as long as I could. I vacuumed twice you know i did the dishes and it's like well you know i get i cleaned the litter you know <laughs> I mean, it was like my sock drawer needed organizing all mm -hmm. that was done and i was like ah I guess uh, I better do I it. I tell you, the funniest thing that happened, and, and Beth doesn't listen to the podcast that often, but the funniest thing while Beth and I were watching that first episode, but also Beth absolutely hates Groundhog Day type episodes where it's just reliving <laughs> the same thing over and over because she's like, nothing happens. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, there's a line where Barry says something like, you know, because they're saying like, well, what if this doesn't work? What if we can't break out of this time loop? And Barry's like, to spend eternity with like the most amazing woman ever like you know that's you know that's that that's okay and says caitlin's not in this uh, this scene barry <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh that's a, that's a heavy drop <laughs> good yeah uh, yeah and i was like oh my god uh, we were I... making those kinds of jokes during our flash episode <laughs> I, you know, the, the, no, it's always, it always Grant comes back Candace. to Barry Allen's fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty oh, much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know I'm getting ahead of us again, but like the thing that just makes me laugh so much with the flash trailer that dropped in the Super Bowl for the movie, because it was just like, oh my God, it's the same exact thing. Like Bruce is like, Barry, this is really stupid. Don't do the thing. And then Barry's like, I'm going to do the thing. And I'm like, oh my God, it's the CW flash all over again. <laughs> It's it's almost as though when you think about it, Flash has one trick. And, you know, we're, you know, Reboot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll know if they do announce like a new Flash movie that it's like, oh god, like DC's already getting sick of things they want to reboot again. <laughs> oh, you know. There's one move. The fastest That's man what? in the world runs in constant slow motion shots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's good to have you back on the show, Ryan. Good to be back. <laughs> All right, so normally we'd have our five-minute controversy here, and I did not come up with a controversy for this week because I did want to... I'm going to I'm gonna do a soapbox like Stan Lee used to do um, here <laughs> because... <laughs> 
because because there's something that's been eating at me for a while and i'd love to do a topic uh -oh. around it i just don't think that i'll ever find enough people that would be willing to talk about this sort that... of being trapped into it well no 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 no, no. like <laughs> no like who would because i'm pretty sure you guys are going to see eye to eye with me on this like i don't think i'm going to get enough people on who would take the opposite side um <laughs> to to actually have like an actual discussion on this and what i want to talk about right now is toxic positivity and if you're not familiar with that term it's basically the idea that everything always has to be positive all the time like if you uh hear any kind of expressions of negativity you immediately try to stamp that out you immediately say hey you're just like making everyone else unhappy stop that and it's basically a way of you know trying to stifle people from being able to express their own feelings and their own opinions um where i'm seeing this a lot right now on facebook is uh, or on social media in general I'm, I'm i'm more i spend more time on facebook than any other social media so for me that's where i see it but i do see it on twitter and other places as well is a lot of people will post about how you know if you don't like a thing you just should shut up and never say anything about that thing and i i resist that thought and i because there's several reasons for that one is there is nothing inherent about positivity that makes it better than negativity. And I'm going to say that again, because I think some people don't get this. There is nothing about positivity that makes it inherently better than negativity. And I'll illustrate it with an example. And you might say this is an extreme example, but it makes my point. If I see rancid meat and I'm like, oh, my God, this is rancid meat. Don't eat this. I'm being negative. I'm calling that meat rancid meat, but I'm trying to help people out and telling people not to eat it. You know, with this sort of idea of if you see, if you want to have a negative thought or a negative expression, don't say it. I'm going to let you eat the rancid meat, you know, and that's not good. <laughs> so <laughs> there is a reason why we uh, make determinations and judgments and make expressions sometimes that are negative. It's a way for us to communicate information. Um, and you know that's the thing now i am not i am not saying that there's no such thing as trolls and there's no such things as people who harass but i've seen that on both sides and i also want to make sure of that too there are people who will harass someone for saying they don't like something as well as people who will harass people for saying that they do like something the harassment is a problem if you attack a person rather than a work of media, that is a problem. Because you are attacking a person. You're telling them they there's something wrong with them for having their own opinion. That is different from saying, I don't like this movie and here's why. There's a very big gulf there between those two things. Um, and so that's just kind of what I wanted to get out there. Let people say what they want to say. Because when you tell people to just shut up and, you know, not express themselves you're the one being the jerk i'm talking about on a public forum again if somebody's harassing you sending you messages because you have an opinion or whatever and won't let go even after you say like hey i don't want to talk about this i don't want to engage whatever that person is that that is not right that is not good behavior but if somebody's on a public forum and just expressing that they don't like something that is not a judgment against you for liking that thing first off and second off they have every right to say that because it's a public forum. So that's my that's my soapbox today. 
I doubt many of our listeners have had, you know, this issue, but I just wanted to talk about it because it's something I find increasingly frustrating because I think the world is a better place when we all express our opinions. And that's the whole reason I do this podcast is sometimes people come on, they tell me a movie that I like. I hated that movie. Okay, let's talk about that. Or sometimes a movie I didn't like, people be like, I love this movie. Okay, let's talk about that. You know, like, it's not, you know, like, I don't take it personally, <laughs> you know, and people just don't take it personally when somebody doesn't like something you like, uh, or they they do like something you don't like, you know, it's it's okay. Um. So yeah, guys, like, does anybody else have anything that they want to chime in on this? Well, I'll jump in. I'll jump in. Sure. <laughs> I more or less, uh, with huge caveats, because it's not a, a, a one-size-fits-all issue, and everyone has, you know, everyone's different. So in general, generally speaking, I more or less agree with you. Do you love all these, uh, you know, qualifiers I'm throwing in there? Um, <laughs> but uh, How do I not get canceled on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, um, oh, and quick aside, just are our, our, the... Our, audience can't hear it but looking at my screen the four of us it's a progression of beard you know i mean <laughs> i mean from clean shaven to to the end you know <laughs> to, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's two weeks worth down there i don't know you know <laughs> but, but um to your point uh nathan sorry that just came to me and i had to share mm -hmm. it um I believe that there's a place for constructive, constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. And I even believe there's a place for, um, I, I guess if you're on social media and you're putting it out there, you're inviting, you're literally saying, Hey, you know, I would like to have a conversation and that welcomes you're, you're opening the door for negative, um, conversation. I think the, the failing is that when you're having these conversations, social media lacks facial expression. So it's, it's yeah. easy when you're with a friend to say oh you liked it i didn't i you know but you're smiling and the tone is warm but when it's someone online who you probably never even met in real life you know you're automatically on the defensive so you know i i kind of get the whole if you can't say anything nice don't say anything at all mentality that we learned when we were five but i, I ultimately at the end of the day i think it's just time and place no oh, man, well I, I still think the real that, so. the real demarcation should be personal versus impersonal like you know, if you attack a person, that's wrong. That's where the if you can't right. say anything nice, don't say anything at all. But if you're talking about a creative work, then it's fair game, people. Like just like anything, if it's art, like if it's a painting, if it's a sculpture, you can say, I don't like it. It's not any yeah. good. And that and, and and like nobody, nobody, you know, in the history of time, nobody has like, like thrown up their hands and been like, oh my God, you can't say that this painting's and, except for the actual person who made it, maybe. But like yeah. nobody is like well, it's in value. You can't say that. Like, you know, of course you can. There's a whole like profession of that is that thing. <laughs> you know? I, I think it's a little bit I think it's a little bit different though, because so much of our identity is wrapped up in our fandom. I mean, you know. Uh, look at the backgrounds on most of our uh, screens here. You know, our our fandoms are represented here. And it's not like, oh, you like the Mona Lisa? Pfft, you must be crazy. You know, that doesn't bother me if I like the Mona Lisa and you don't. Mm -hmm. I've never cosplayed as a Mona Lisa. Most people probably haven't. I say that, but I bet if I Google Mona Lisa cosplay, I could find it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think it's just when you attack someone's fandom or something that someone likes to that degree, they feel like it's a personal attack, even when it's not, even when we all recognize that it's not, but they just, their identity, so much of their identity is wrapped up. So much of our identity is wrapped up in what we like. And it's sad, but you know, I just, I just, it's, 
it's where we are as a society, I, I guess. I also think that it's been taken to like really extreme extremes because the the one that I saw most recently, somebody was saying like, oh, my God, like because of the Super Bowl, everybody's saying sports ball. And how dare you be so oh, offensive God. to people by using this term sports ball that's so derogatory. And I'm like. I don't know. And and then this person was like, like, I'm not like, cause I was like, well, you know, like, I don't think people are trying to be insulting to you. And he's like, well, I don't actually like sports. I just think that you're being insulting to everybody else, like that does that by saying this. And I'm like, I have never seen a single like really <laughs> hardcore football fan be like, Oh my God, how dare you say sports ball? Like, you know, yeah. I, I, I've never seen that in my entire life. And I don't think that there's anyone who thinks that that's a derogatory statement. I think everybody's just kind of like winking and nodding. Like, it's like, okay, man, like, whatever. Like, you don't like, you know, football. Like, you're the weird one, which is true because 99.9% .9 of America, like, lives for the Super Bowl, right? You know, so it's, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't. I don't again like when we're starting to argue about like straw man type things of like I've created this thing you know like I've created this problem to illustrate how bad you are it's like okay guys like we're really taking this too far now because it's like you don't even actually have a case here you're just saying it's a problem so anyway um yeah I mean I I don't even understand how that's offensive it is a right. sport with a ball i just right. i don't even see how I'm well that's trying, what i'm saying i, I, I don't think I, I don't doubt. think anyone <laughs> actually finds that offensive but yeah. this person was just extrapolating in their mind that people who are into sports apparently will find that offensive and again that's what i'm saying like again when you're trying to say to me it, uh, it all boils down to you can't tell people what they can't say like again like the 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 mass of humanity will judge them based on what they say but you yeah. can't tell them they can't say it you know yeah. like that's the thing like well yeah it's, you know you, you get into this chat. weird this weird area of like thought policing as well within that and i think i think part of the problem that we now come across with the with the advent of social media's creation because i i will i will forever be on the fence that or, or not on the fence but on the platform that social media has it's created a lot of opportunities, yes, as far as being able to contact people and be in touch with people and connect with people. But simultaneously, it's also created the worst forum in the world for conversations like this. And and I think we as people forget, especially those who interact mostly through social media, that different forums create different um uh, feelings, so to speak. So like, if you go somewhere and you know, it's a debate, like these people are going to debate, you know, that they're, they're there to disagree. They're going to talk about the disagreement and they're going to have points and counterpoints. And it's going to be this very like constructive educational thing to be a part of and watch, or even be in the debate with, but in our personal conversations, we're always more comfortable with our friends saying whatever we're going to say, because we know how the mostly we know how we think they're going to react. Um, we know their personalities. We know that they're usually on our side of the fence of whatever we feel or think. And so we know we have allies and we feel safe in that space, expressing ourselves much more fully. But it's like, as soon as you get on social media, again, you're talking to people you don't know. These aren't your friends. I'm sorry, I don't care that Facebook says you're friends. If you've <laughs> never met this person, if you've never spent more than, I don't know, a year's worth of total time, like getting to know them and know about their 
personal life and understand their personality and their thoughts and feelings, they're not your friends. Like they're just people. They're just people that you're talking to. And you have to expect that people are going to disagree because that's just the nature of humanity. We can't be positive about everything all at once. Like it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, it's like my life experiences are different from everybody's life experiences on this podcast. Um, you know, and I'm sure if we talk long enough, we'd find something that we all don't agree on and have different perspectives of. And maybe some of us will be sort of on the same page. Maybe some of us won't. But that's, again, it's okay to have that. That's what introduces a society of free thought. That's what keeps inspiring art. That's what keeps inspiring stories. That's what keeps inspiring the movies that we watch. If we all lived in a perfect world where everything was positive and we were all like stamping around, watching out for everybody's personal feelings every second of the day, we wouldn't have any of that. We'd be, we'd be a society of chaos. And this is, I guess, the appeal that I would make to anyone who feels that, like, any kind of negativity, like, hurts your enjoyment of a thing, is try discussion. I mean, because that's the thing, like, a lot of people, like, are locked into this mindset now that I feel like has been espoused a lot by people, is that you can never change anyone's opinion. Like, that people will just continue being the same no matter what, and... You know, there have been some studies even that have said that I would really love to examine the data because I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, yeah, studies say that like once you have an opinion, like nobody can, like you know, and I'm like, that doesn't sound right because like I've changed my opinion on things based on like more information and whatever. Like, so like try discussion because you might end up turning somebody's thoughts around that doesn't like a thing that you like by like just explaining like this is why I like this and this is like the way that I see this thing and stuff like that and like you might convince them that you know what like I want to watch it again now because I want to look for what you're talking about and sort of like re-examine like you know like what it is that you know uh, you know that I didn't like about it and see and like you know like discussions that's the whole reason we communicate is so that we can exchange ideas and exchange opinions yeah. and stuff like that. And that to me is like why it's good to have these discussions, you know, and like maybe yeah. sometimes people will turn your point of view around, but you know, that's why it's an exchange. Like, you know, that's the thing. And again, I'm not talking about somebody who's going in to attack, you know, and it's attacking you personally. I don't feel like you need to engage with that kind of a person. I've been harassed one time on Facebook. I know what it's like. I know like a person who just kept like DMing me, like constantly and attacking me and I just blocked them, you know, because that's, that to me is the use of the block. Somebody is attacking me. I'm going to block them, you know, because just, I, just, I asked just politely. One time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never had anybody. Go to, <laughs> I've never had somebody DMing me before. Like I'm fine with somebody like on a thread, like disagreeing with me. And then I just stop replying to that thread if it keeps going and I'm, and I'm done. But like for somebody to actually DM me, like that yeah that's only happened one time and i was yeah. like yeah i asked politely just for them to stop they would not and so i was like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna you know stop this um i mean it happened right here on 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 this podcast on this very podcast and it was the episode that we did it was you me mark and i can't remember his name it starts with a d i know that um but he, he what, what was we the were topic? Well, we were all talking about it. It, it, the, it was it was the moment where you had walked away and oh. me, Mark and him had this really great conversation. And then we told you after we came back, we were like, it was so good. 
Um, but what happened was uh, we were talking Superman, Man of Steel. And like I, I have fervently shown more than once that I am not a Zack Snyder fan on this podcast, on other podcasts and in written format. I'm just not a fan of, uh, of, of his style in mm -hmm. the DC universe. And so we were talking about it and I was talking about the fact that like there was this thing I didn't like. And then this just came across – and the other gentleman with with me and Mark, like he he gave me a whole different perspective. I had never. Okay, you're thinking of Lucas. Remote... I think you've confused Lucas and Daviar, but that was Lucas. That yeah, was, that was... sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so it just changed my whole perspective. It was one of those where I was just like, I never actually looked at it from that angle. I didn't even. I didn't. Yeah, even I remember that, that now because I remember point. listening to the audio of you guys like doing that. But yeah, that was that was actually on the ja Zack Snyder's Justice League yep. episode. And yeah, I had to step away because of, of an issue and for a few minutes. And yeah, that's, and I was yeah. I like I was both like satisfied because somebody had like given me a different perspective, but also so angry because now I had to reconsider Zack Snyder and I wasn't <laughs> happy about it. No, you don't. <laughs> I don't know what the conversation was. I wasn't there for that. But Lucas but is yeah. wrong. <laughs> you know, this is, you're this right. is why these, but but again, I uh, supporting what what Nathan's saying. Yeah, this is why conversations and discussion are important. Yeah. It's okay to disagree, but you know, you know, when you're try, it's not a matter of trying to change an opinion necessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas it's more, as I have found in customer service, it's about hearing and hearing an opinion acknowledging the opinion and thinking about it from the different sides of like yeah. why why would they have this opinion what influences that and how can i have a better conversation if i do want to change their opinion how can i approach it from a way that isn't going to make them immediately go on guard and have something constructive happen I think that's the missing point is nobody, nobody does that. We just jump into the fight and we jump into the fray and we go, no, no, you're wrong. I'm right. Your opinion's terrible. And it's like, no, like it's, they have an opinion for a reason. What was the reason? And let's talk about the reason for that and get behind it and have a broad discussion. The the other thing that I'd ask anyone who, who feels this way is I would ask you to examine your own opinion on things because I've seen this attitude before from people or this expression of I don't want to hear any negativity, but then they'll do it about a different thing. So like, for instance, the example I'm thinking of a person who gets mad if anyone says anything bad about the Star Wars prequels. Um, but then we'll say there are only three Indiana Jones movies, like basically saying like, oh yeah, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is trash. Like I'm not even going to acknowledge it. And it's like, okay, so you're... You're telling people that they can't be negative about about a thing, but then you're very negative about another thing, you know? And so it's like, you know, like if you're going to, you can't, you can't be, you know, you can't have hypocrisy like that either. If that's like the sort of the tactic that you're going to take. So like, I just, I just want to say, and then again, maybe not everybody is like that, but I think a lot of people like need to examine their own biases too, when they like ex make expressions like that, because there probably is something that you're very negative about too. And you just don't realize it because to you, that's just natural. Like, is this natural to hate kingdom of the crystal skull? Like why? <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you know, that that that's I think that's like maybe my final point on it is that this is art and it's subjective mm -hmm. and something can hit me viscerally and you can have the best rational argument for why it's good or why it's bad and it won't matter it won't necessarily matter maybe I can look at it you know and go through a different lens and go oh okay I will revisit that again and see it that way but especially if it's something that I like like 
I know that there are really good arguments why Howard the Duck is a bad movie, but there really aren't. You know, Howard the Duck is a great movie, and anyone who says so, you know, I can DM them in Facebook and tell them what I really think of them. You know, <laughs> I will DM you until you change your mind. You <laughs> exactly. love Howard the Duck. <laughs> I got in an argument with someone on Facebook uh, on, on, I think it's about Justice League, or, or no, it's uh, Batman vs. Superman, and uh, they dm me to, and wished uh, wished cancer on me and that's when i knew that you know that's when i knew he really likes his uh his snyder verse you know and you can't wow. you can't have a rational discussion with that yeah all right so yeah i'm sorry i hijacked this <laughs> but i did want to talk about this because it is something that I, i'm seeing an increasing amount of on social media and it is bothering me because i feel like whenever you stifle communication between people i mean i realize the per people posting these things have no authority and they can't they can't control you but at the same time it's sort of like trying to create sort of like a peer pressure uh authority you know like to sort of like stifle people and so it still like yeah. kind of gets my hackles up and it's just like you know and i you know and it's hard to engage people when they're when they're taking this uh tactic also i've tried engaging directly um and trying to point out the thing like you know like hey like I, I you know like there are reasons why people can be negative and it's okay because they're not attacking you personally and like it usually does not go well so uh i i just wanted to put this out into the ether um eric before we before we go i, I know that you've been <laughs> quiet during all of this do you have do you have anything that you want to add sorry i kind of I because obviously I agreed with the first rant, so my brain kind of spaced out there for a little oh, while. Okay. Not intentionally. It was just like kind of kind of in the back of my head going, I, I wanna talk about the actual topic. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I, I get it. We get we went on with this obviously longer than I thought we would. Obviously I agree, but it's still one of those <laughs> that's why okay. like it wasn't even intentional. It's just and I didn't realize that I didn't realize I was disassociating, but apparently I was disassociating, so okay. I apologize. <laughs> He, All right, he liked your to... comment and moved on. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no. Basically. I, 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 I was worried Eric was going to be like, you guys are completely wrong. You're just terrible people for being negative. But, uh... No. Oh, and for the record, uh... Ryan, Mona Lisa cosplay is absolutely a thing. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> there is a fandom for everything. All right. Uh, you know, I'd be more impressed if it was Picasso, but whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, all right. That's it for our for, for Nathan's soapbox. I'll have to come up with a better term because it's not alliterative. Stan's soapbox was so good. Um, but anyway. We'll, Nathan's uh, notes. Yeah, Nathan's notes. Very good. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I'll start doing that now when we don't have five minute controversies. I'll just have <laughs> some topic I want to pontificate on. Uh, but uh, yeah, before before we go on to our topic, let's pause for a moment for a promo for oh. another fine pop. Nathan Laws. Nathan's Laws. <laughs> all right. I like alliteration better. But anyway, all right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we go into our topic, we'll pause for a promo from another fine podcast. Howdy! Listen up. I am talking. Now, the question of the hour is, who's got a Doctor Who podcast? Answer, we do. Next question, who's listening to it? Answer, you are. If you're sitting up there in your silly little spaceship and you've got any plans to listen to a Doctor Who podcast, just remember who's standing in your way. And then... Dear the smart thing. Listen to Earth Station Who right here on the ESO Network. 
And we're back. And um, like we've talked about on the show quite a few times, um, DC loves to create plans. Uh, we see plans coming out from them probably about every six to eight months. Uh, they'll tell us what you know what they're going to do for the next X number of years. Uh, typically in the past, it's been 10-year plans, but uh, this time they're being a little more conservative. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously there's a difference here because they have actually broken off the DC films, TV shows, cartoons into like their own studio. Uh, which was not the way that it was done before. And so now there's the DC studio. It's very much similar to how uh, Disney has the Marvel model. Uh, and, you know, Marvel is its own, you know, Marvel Studios is its own thing uh, with its own head. Uh, DC does have both James Gunn and Peter Safran as heads. And uh, I hope that their working relationship is good. I hope people put thought into this. It seems to be, but obviously, of course, people can like put a face on something, you know, and that's the one thing that I do like kind of look askance at a little bit is I'm like, you know, like when you have two people in charge, that's great if they can agree on things. When they disagree, that's the problem. Whereas Marvel doesn't have that problem because there is the one guy, Kevin Feige, that like, you know, he's at the end, like the one that makes the final decisions. And so, um, but yeah, hopefully Gunn and Safran have like a really good working relationship. And so that should go, uh, you know, that should go on. But um, so first, though, I did want to talk a little bit about sort of the legacy stuff because one of the announcements that they made was that there would still be a few things that weren't part of the overall you know new dc story that they're telling um that they're going to brand them as elseworlds um the batman uh is one of those things we're going to get a new uh batman movie uh in 2025 um that's a sequel with the uh, the robert robert pattinson batman uh with matt reeves as the director uh the joker movies are also going to continue as their own thing um i believe the next joker movie comes out next year um i'm less engaged with that because i don't really care <laughs> you know like I, I i have no real interest in that um but yeah i believe the next one's coming out next year um so there will actually be a dc movie during this sort of like interim period before you know james gunn can get his stuff started and and when they're they're ending all the movies that were uh part of the legacy of the old way of doing things at dc uh and so that will be the joker uh that comes out teen titans go is apparently still going which i, I got nothing there i i've i've seen bits and pieces of it to, enough to know like uh, i have want no part of it <laughs> so it, it surprised me to learn that it was still on in the first place but apparently that's going to keep going uh as an animated show um well, then we have a few with, with sort of question marks on it, and then that's more what I wanted to talk about. So, uh, first of all, I want to make sure that people understand this because the responses that I've seen online, I believe that people aren't parsing the sentence correctly. James Gunn has said that Superman and Lois is really popular. He, I mean, I think his exact words were people seem to like it. And he said it can go on for another season or two. People are saying, oh, he's guaranteed at least one more season. I don't think you understand what he said. He said another season or two. Season three was already greenlit. That is the season, the one season that we're definitely getting is season three, which starts in a month, March 14th. He's basically saying, or two, saying like, hey, if the CW decides to renew it, we're not going to step in and stop that thing, you know, from getting another season. 
But that's a big if with how the CW's management is right now and what they want. He is not guaranteeing that there is going to be another season after season three. Okay, so I just want to make sure because a lot of people think that that's what this means. And that's not what that means, because basically his new Superman doesn't start until July of 2025. So if there's another season of Superman and Lois, that doesn't interfere with his new vision of Superman or anything like that. So like, yeah, fine. Another season of Superman and Lois would be fine. And I personally would love to see another season of Superman and Lois. But but that's not what they're talking about. Um, He didn't say anything about Gotham Knights. It's another reason why I think the Gotham Knights is DOA. We're going to get a season on the CW and that's going to be gone. Um, but uh, but yeah, like, I guess there's a question mark over that because uh, there also is no news that it's been canceled either. Um, but uh, so there's that. And then, of course, uh, we have the movies um, that are coming out that are part of the old DCU. We have Shazam, The Flash, uh, Blue Beetle and Aquaman. So with these. The explanation has sort of been that the Flash movie is going to reset some things. And I keep thinking about this because uh, obviously Shazam could very easily be like cycled into any new continuity that they do. Because there have been references to the fact that there is a Superman and a Batman, but we haven't seen what versions. And there's been no overt references to any specific things that they've done. So Shazam could easily be like reconciled with a new version if they wanted to keep Zach Le- Levi. The, the only issue I would have is that Billy's going to be like... 19 by the next time they do like another movie and if they're saying superman's only 25 like i don't know it just seems like the ages like and everything like wait so when billy was like 15 and first got his powers like you know that means like superman was only like 19 like i don't know i i i have some some issues with that eric yes what do you what what would you like to say james gunn has already specifically said he never said he never said that uh, Superman was only 25. That is a misquote. He never said that. All he said was he's not going to be in his 40s. He never specified Superman's age. That was the media running with that. So Clark is not 25. Nobody knows where that came from other than a misquote. So the whole Clark being 25 thing is not a thing. Okay, I'm all, all right. I'll have to look into that because I'm sure I've seen it. Twi- no, like that's I, the thing. People have no, been posting no, actual like, tweets from James Gunn's Twitter, and they've they've had the text because like this wasn't from an article I read. This was an actual tweet I saw somebody post from James well, somebody, Gunn's Twitter. Because James was answering questions, and that's the only reason I know. Because I read it earlier today. James has been apparently answering questions on Twitter and flat out went, "Superman's not 25." That was somebody misquoting me. All I said was, "Superman will not be in his 40s." I'm okay. obviously paraphrasing that, but that's all that James has said on that. So I don't know if it's maybe like somebody photoshopped something. Somebody took a quote and just ran with it, like misinterpreting a tweet. Well, I, don't I know believe. All right. So I believe the exact quote from James Gunn. And again, like, I don't know if somebody can like help with Google or whatever while we're talking here is that he said that they were looking for an actor that was around 25. He didn't specifically say Superman would be 25, but he said that they were looking for an actor that was around 25. Um, I mean, I think that was because they're talking about like longevity of the of the, the actor being able to do movies for years and years as they're looking for somebody like in their mid 20s. Um, got it. Hold on. He, I got he it. yeah, I, yeah, he tweeted oh. it on the 17th. He said, um, uh, nope. 
I, it keeps getting repeated, but I never said that. Okay, um, but can you find where that started? Because somebody I, I, can. Because here's the other I thing: get, people, creative people, lie all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like like I will go back to J.J. Abrams. Khan is not in Star Trek Into Darkness. We are not using Khan, you know. Creative people do lie. So I'm just saying, just because he's saying now he never said that doesn't mean that he didn't actually Five, say it. 5.56 um, p.m. February 17th, 2023. Responding <laughs> to a a tweet from a profile that has no picture. Um, which, James, why are you doing that in the first place? Uh yeah, but people are speculating about both ages. All I ever said was Superman was younger than in his 40s and Batman might be a couple years older than Superman. That is the exact quote currently being circulated. That right. is from James himself. So he is not specified an age right, for either character. But... Right. I, I, you're not. I don't, I don't think you listened to what I said before. I'm saying like he could be saying something that is different than what he said yeah. before. And so that's why I was asking, like, where did this start? Because I have I am positive that I've seen a tweet um, from James Gunn's account that said that they were looking for an actor like that was around 25 years old to play the part. Um so, but anyway, I mean, we don't have to find that and hash that out right now. But like, I was just because that started somewhere because this has been like this has been even before the big announcement. Like that tweet came out because he said a few things about he was how he was working on a Superman project before he made the big announcement, and so this was like a January thing. This was like a month ago. Um, but anyway, um, it's it's literally it's Benedict Cumberbatch Khan. You know, (laughs) well, yeah, and that's why I'm saying, like, sometimes people like, well, and sometimes it is like about how you parse a sentence also. So, like, like I say, like, he's saying he never said, like, Superman was going to be 25. And I think that is a fact. He said they were looking for an actor who was 25. Like that's that's a different yeah. thing. It's slightly di- so he's not being a lie. He's not lying because no. you know that's not exactly what he said. He said they were looking for an actor, not that Clark himself was twenty five. Um, and that's fair. Like like you yeah. can you can say that Clark is thirty and cast a twenty five year old because yeah. you know like and that just means that you have more time with the character. You know the actor can age up into like that yeah. age and and whatnot. So like yeah. I get that. Cavill was younger than Superman when he played him the first time. So, yeah. Hmm. I mean, uh, so, um, but yeah, I'll look for where that treat, that that whole thing originated later, but um, I'll put it in the show notes. And to help with, help with your timeline, just so like, cause you were, you were mentioning. So Shazam is, isn't even apparently in the equation from what, from what James said when he was talking about the slate. So apparently, whatever whatever this flash movie is gonna finally be referred to obviously everybody's mentioning that it's flashpoint even though Mm -hmm. you know like how the hell does batman 89 feature into flashpoint but whatever Uh, (laughs) but apparently blue Blue beetle and aquaman 2 take place post that right no no what's been said i i know but they've also said so like the only people for sure that are out are henry cavill and uh and and ben affleck they've said you know they're they're oh uh, you know so those two are out 
because they're casting. We've known for that you. Affleck has been out for like three or four years now. Because like, no, no, oh no, no. So this is the fun with DC. Affleck was out when they announced Michael Keaton, right? And they were saying, like, oh, we're gonna make like ten movies with Michael Keaton. But then Michael Keaton, because of COVID, was like, I'm not going to do this. And so then they said, oh, actually, Affleck is now saying that, like, he would actually like to be Batman. That's why with Aquaman, they refilmed the Keaton scenes with Affleck. Aquaman 2 is supposed to have Batman in it. But yep. it was originally they filmed some scenes with the Keaton Batman in Aquaman 2. Then they've now filmed those same scenes with the Affleck Batman in Aquaman 2. And now it's even weirder because it's like, okay, a flashpoint starts the new continuity. I was going to get to this, but you've kind of jumped me forward. You know, Sorry. like, <laughs> does that mean they've cut Batman out completely of Aquaman too? Because they won't have the new Batman cast by that point, you know? And so it's like, because it'll seem weird to have Aquaman 2 for several reasons, because it's a legacy of the old, I you mean... know, DC studios. I mean, and, Jason himself might be becoming Lobo, so I don't really see right. his version of Aquaman sticking around in the first place. So <laughs> I'm wondering. So so here's the thing. I'm hoping that there's some misdirection just because Gunn doesn't want to give away how Flashpoint ends. But I'm hoping that in the end of the day, Aquaman 2 turns out to be another Elseworlds. And they're just like, we didn't want to tell you that beforehand because we didn't want to tell you, you know, like that this is, you know, but like I'm hoping Aquaman 2 just turns out to be yeah, like, so we can still have Affleck's Batman in Aquaman 2 to, like, finish out his thing. Because I, I feel bad about these people who've done all this stuff. Like, I feel bad that Keaton's Bat, you know, was in Batgirl. And, like, that whole movie's thrown away. And it's just, like, you know, like, I feel like if these people have filmed scenes and we're rebooting the continuity anyway, just let them have their final, like, little, like, thing of, like, okay, this is the last stuff you filmed as, as Batman. So, so let them have it. Um so I'm hoping and that would also like fix any issues because Gunn did say that James Wan envisioned Aquaman as a trilogy. So that would still allow them to do a third movie of Aquaman, just stamp it as Elseworlds and then also allow Jason Momoa to be Lobo in the new DC universe. And then it wouldn't be weird. Um, you know, you can have a new Aquaman sometime down the line that you introduce in the new DC universe, you know, years and years from now, because obviously you'd want a little bit of space between the the last Momoa movie. Again, we're assuming Aquaman 2 does well. Obviously, if it's a flop, <laughs> you're not going to see an Aquaman 3. Um, I did want to get back to talking about Shazam, though, because, again, this is a question of how does Shazam 2 do? If Shazam 2 is a flop, we don't need to worry about it. They're probably not even going to bring up Shazam anytime in the new DC universe for years and years and years. But if it's a success, they're obviously going to want to do a Shazam 3. And and more so than Aquaman, I think that Shazam could easily fit into James Gunn's new sort of reality because, like I said, there were no overt references. You could basically just take the whole first movie and say, oh, yeah, that happened, you know, within within this DC universe. And you wouldn't even need to change any details or anything like, you know, like this, the, these movies happen the exact way you saw them. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, and then you could do like a Shazam three within the DCU at some point. Um, like I said, the only thing I would have an issue with is I, I would feel a little weird. Like if Superman and Billy's ages were very close, but as Eric pointed out, you know, that, that might not be the case. So like, I would feel a little strange about that where it's like, you know, if they're only like three years apart or whatever, it's just kind of weird. I mean, the, the only place that might be a problem is that might arguably You'd have to ignore Black Adam because the the wizard wasn't both Shazam and Oh yeah, uh, I, I think Black, we're all yeah. ignoring Black Adam. Black Adam. So, <laughs> okay. So so Dwayne Johnson <laughs> pissed off Peter Saffron. 
<laughs> and Peter yeah. Safran's now the head of the new because like Dwayne Johnson was the one who was like I don't want Shazam to be any part of this like I don't like the Shazam movie and like he was trying to control the DC like during this sort of period where there was a lot of uncertainty he was trying to like use his star power to like control what they were doing with DC movies and I think he's like pissed people off and I don't think they want to work with him <laughs> my favorite no. part of all that was his response was to tweet I am a huge fan of both DC and Marvel (laughs) and want to see like, you know, these comic book movies move forward. I think that was a very big, like, Hey, Kevin Feige, look here. I'm I'm available. (laughs) Meanwhile, Kevin Feige is like, no, we're good. Thanks Dwayne. We're all set. I mean, Vin Diesel's doing Groot. So there's just no room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah uh but, no, but yeah i do can, yeah. can i real quick i do have a a not not theory but i okay. do basically have an explanation for at least from what saffron is that how you say it? peter yeah. saffron well that's how i'm okay. saying it. I'm, I'm not sure if that's i don't know if that's there. yeah, <laughs> yeah um, saffron because i was talking to my buddy uh russ burlingame um on uh twitter and he broke this down for me and i was like it kind of makes sense so saffron is basically it to use these use these terminology since we just brought up Feige. Saffron is what Feige never had was Perlmutter before they realized, oh wait, Feige's making us all this money. Let's split off Marvel si- Studios into its own thing, so you know Perlmutter can't touch it. Mm-hmm. So basically, Saffron is the yes man to basically distract Zaz Zaslov, David Zaslov, is that how you say it? Kind of kind of hype up his choice like all the choices he's made because you can see those quotes. He's like, oh yeah, Batgirl was gonna be terrible. It was gonna flop. They made the right decision. You know, like you keep seeing these kind of quotes from him mm-hmm. to be like that yes man for the executives who made the decisions to kind of then go, okay James, you and the creatives go do your thing. I got I I can distract them. Like he's the guy to basically be the the in between, uh, and obviously it's my example is silly because obviously he's not like a distraction, but he's basically that shield to kind of protect James and the creatives of the studio from the bigger figurehead who would just kind of sweep the rug out from all these projects. So he's the guy kind of going, "Oh no, no, Zaslav is brilliant. He's made all these wonderful decisions." Meanwhile, he's going, "Okay, James." Make sure your projects are are running as smoothly as possible, and I will I will hype up the business side of things because that's that's what it seems like at least from how they've established what how they're working the studio so far. Yeah, I mean Peter Safran's been a producer on a lot of these. Like he was producer on Aquaman, he was producer on the first Shazam, probably Shazam two, I would imagine. And so like I think like I think it probably breaks down as like yeah, like Safran is more of like. He's comes from a producer's background, so he's more of like the dollars and cents guy, making sure that like, you know, budgets are maintained and, you know, sort of more of that kind of thing. Whereas James Gunn's more of the creative side of, okay, you know, you come from a directing and writing background. So like you, you know, you, you are more of the creative direction. I think Saffron's supposed to be there just to check Gunn if like Gunn goes too excessive. Like it's like, okay, that's a great idea. But mm-hmm. it would be an but. you know insane budget. We can't afford it. Like, can you can you make it a little smaller kind of thing? Or even to say like, okay, but like, you know, like we do need to keep some constraints as far as like what audiences can 
you know, handle like, you know, and stuff like that, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, so I think that's what he's there is to sort of just be like a because Gunn is untested in this. And I think that that's the thing is he's, you know, people are I think the people at Warner, the high executives are still a little worried about. And so they kind of see Saffron as a babysitter uh kind of uh and i mean that sounds insulting but i mean like just like to have someone and i've seen this before in other kind of properties where it's like you have a more senior person who's there and he's not like trying to like oversee the day-to-day but he's just sort of there to be like all right high level like what are what are you doing and just to sort of be like hey like maybe we shouldn't do you know this you know like this way just because you know i think it could cause problems or we just don't have the money or something like that um but um but yeah so um you know blue beetle obviously being something brand new could fit you know i'm sure they've they've made it in such a way that it's you know not has it doesn't have a lot of direct ties to anything and so should be you know easily able to like slot into whatever new continuity that they're doing but yeah just sort of like does anyone else have any thought i know that was a long-winded way of getting here but like does anyone have any (laughs) thoughts about like sort of like the legacy movies like what you're seeing like what you think about them you know what they've said about incorporating you know things or not incorporating things you know because i know some people are very upset that they're not giving cavill the chance to like do like the hopeful super you know it does feel like here's the thing if there hadn't been that scene in Black Adam, I don't think anyone would have looked at that twice because there was already sort of a feeling that Cavill was out. You know, we just didn't have like super direct confirmation. And yeah. I think people would have been like, okay, they're they're casting a new Superman for their new vision, you know, whatever. But it was like literally because Warner's so screwed up. Literally, we had Cavill making a big announcement, a big splash. I'm going to be Superman again, guys. It's going to be great. We're going to do multiple movies. And then like not two months later... Nah, Cavill's out. And I think that's what's rubbing a lot of people like really bad is it's just like the whiplash of those two announcements on top of each other. Because Cavill was so happy. Like, and he was even talking about like, yes, like, like we're, we're writing this ship. I want to do a hopeful Superman. And, you know, I'm really excited to finally do this. And then to just be like, nah, man, like, sorry. And I totally get Gunn's perspective of he wants his own Superman, right? Like he he wants to do, you know, he wants his own vision, you know, on on Superman and everything. And and casting a younger actor makes sense just because, you know, like, hey, like we want to have somebody who could maybe do this for 15 years or whatever, you know, and not have any problems with the physicality and everything. And so um, but yeah, just thoughts again on on, on sort of the legacy and, you know, of, of the DC EU because now it's just the DCU, which makes no sense. I'm not even going to start with that. But the DCEU <laughs> legacy. <laughs> um, James, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I've been saying it for a very long time that that the problem that, that DC was having for a long time was they just didn't do the world building. Like, that was the biggest problem in the Snyderverse for me was they didn't do the world building for each character first then get to the conclusion of just like they didn't i hate to say it they didn't do the marvel plan and they decided they were like no we don't want to copy them because then if we copy them people are just going to go well they just copied what marvel did and it's like yeah but well marvel did worked (laughs) but uh so i get them trying to do their own thing and that the snyderverse was supposed to be that for dc and I think they're in a position where, yeah, they, they're they're trying to make both sides of the aisle of the DC fandom 
happy to a certain degree um, because they're trying to go, yeah, these are the things that maybe from the Snyderverse we might hold on to, uh, but they're just like little caveats. And then there's the world that James Gunn wants to build. I think for me, that is the problem, though, is it's the world James Gunn wants to build. It's not the world that he wants according to what, like, um, maybe, like, surveyed for DC fandom or anything like that. It's not that I don't think James Gunn is a creative man. Obviously, he has his track record. Mm -hmm. He is a very creative individual. I think these are movies that could be really good movies. But again... We're starting in a place I, – I think they're starting in a weird place on purpose because they want something that isn't commonality for fans, and they want something that isn't commonality for the average Joe. And they want to be able to bring both sides of that in on these like random offshoot movies that they're making because when they gave the list, there were a couple of these things that I – like the authority – I'm not familiar with that at all. Like, I, I don't know much about it in all honesty. And so I was just like, okay, if I don't know almost anything about it, and I'm not like the world's biggest comic book fan, but at the very least, if I'm a DC fan to a degree and I can go, yeah, I'm not really familiar with that. And then I can go to my friend who reads no comic books and go, do you know what the authority in DC comics is? I know they're going to go no. And I know that we're both going to come at that movie with different opinions, but also a certain like common ground that hopefully like makes both sides happy. I think that's what they're doing, but I think it's a really big risk. I think it's a really big risk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do want to just say one other thing, like to me, like my concern is they're almost like new 52 ing it because mm -hmm. if they're saying like, oh yeah, we'll carry some things over, but maybe not other things. And it's like, I really hope you guys put in the work that I don't think they did for the new 52, where you really decide like what things you're carrying over and not just making it up as you go along because new 52 was a train wreck. Yeah. It shot itself in the foot pretty hard. So to me, it should either be a clean break where you say, old that's why i'm saying like i wish aquaman 2 they'd just say like it's going to be an elseworlds and that will like be part of a thing like yeah we'll let it continue if it's popular but we're not going to enfold it in because i'd rather they just said clean break everything yep. that was there before is out and this starts our new vision right now but they've even left the door open on gal gadot like like gun like when people have said like oh you know like you fired gal gadot and he's like i never said anything about gal gadot and that's probably like an executive decision. Like somebody's like, hey, she's really popular. Like, do we really want to like get rid of, you know, her as Wonder Woman or something? But like, you know, like, and again, they could always say, hey, like Wonder Woman still looks like Gal Gadot in the new universe, but not her movies like don't exist anymore. And it's a new continuity, like starting from here. And that's a way they could make it work. But again, like, it seems like they're almost like saying like, well, maybe we can fold this in. And maybe not like we still haven't decided yet. And I just I just want to make sure that if they do incorporate anything from the Snyderverse, that they're very clear from day one. These are the things from the Snyderverse that happened. And the rest of it is out, like rather than like just like because we mentioned this in Black Adam when the writers don't know what the universe is, that makes it a problem for them, because I think that the writers like are like, crap, I don't know what's like that. Suddenly there was a Justice Society in Black Adam and it was like the justice league movies always kind of hinted that like this was kind of a new thing to have these superheroes and metahumans with only batman as like this sort of human 
with with skills had been around before this like and suddenly they have a justice society and it's like wait where did the justice society come in like have they been around since world war ii you know like what's what's going on here like or is this a brand new thing and i'm like so did the justice society come after justice league in this world like what what is this and so yeah it just it just got confusing um and so yeah again i just want to i just hope that they're clear on what counts and what doesn't when they do this um but yeah, Ryan, thoughts on thoughts on just sort of the legacy of the Snyderverse? Well, <laughs> um, I mean, by the end there, there it was a kind of a train wreck, as as we all acknowledge, mm-hmm. for reasons that you know you've mentioned and so forth. Um, the problem is, is that even though it was a train wreck, there were individual aspects of it that were extremely popular. Mm-hmm. Cavill, you know, um, and so I, I feel for Gunn because. Yeah, like like you said, to make his universe, to make his vision, he's literally got to alienate the fan base, a, a good portion of it. Uh, you know, I mean, don't <laughs> like like if I if I if, if someone <laughs> five years ago if you'd said you know hey Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman and then we're gonna cancel him you know I mean as Batman <laughs> it, it, <laughs> you know, that's like the that's probably the single easiest way to piss off every dc movie fan ever you know i mean the only other thing he could have done maybe would have been to have uh you know his superman go to christopher Reeve's grave and you know desecrate it that, that's about the only that, you know, that, that's the only worst thing he could do you know so he's in a tight spot but um and he i i don't really think he's doing the best job of of managing it and i know a lot of it's not on him a lot of it's pressure he's getting i know he's technically him and saffron are technically in charge but there's at the end of the day they're still gonna answer to the accountants you know and that's where i'm a little concerned that's where part of me this is sad but part of me wants aquaman to part of me wants shazam to fail only because i'm worried if they do succeed then there's going to be this onus this pressure to hey to find a way to make them work to find a way to do a third one to create a fourth alternate universe here in uh the you know the dcu or whatever and so it's just it's honestly i think the legacy stuff yeah some of it some of the projects are too far in to to cancel so fine do them get them out there get a few bucks from them but then let it die a merciful death Mm. you know um uh to james's point gun is building a bottom-up universe as opposed to the top down that snyder tried um let him do it his way and i mean if yeah if momo is the best person for lobo great you know if gal gadot is the best person for wonder woman still great i mean i think as fans are far enough along that we can understand you know marvel did it first variants you know oh this this is matt murdoch but it's not the matt murdoch from the netflix shows if i can accept that yeah i can accept the fact that this gal gadot is wonder woman just not the wonder woman from all right all right but seriously you don't have to put an if next to that for jason momoa jason momoa is the perfect lobo okay like we can just (laughs) like it's just obvious like that is the most obvious guy it's what i've been saying for years i was like it's so weird they cast him as aquaman because he is just like he would be like a comics accurate lobo like like real lobo yeah we, not not new knew 52 it. Legolas Lobo, but like real Lobo. <laughs> we knew it in the he moment. To be... In the moment yeah, he... that he jumped on the Batmobile and just said, <laughs> "My man," that was that was that was his his process right there to go. I should be Lobo. Like 
There it he, is, guys. He just put white makeup on Jason <laughs> Momoa, and he looks like Lobo. Like, and it's ridiculous. Like, how I, much he I looks agree. like that character. So anyway, yeah, I agree. No. And 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 now I bet you anything, it's gonna be Tyrion Edgerton because of, you're so sure. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, I think that's what Momoa was getting all excited about. You know, he didn't say what he's getting excited about, but it seemed like he was getting really excited about something. And yeah, I think. And he was posting a picture of Lobo. And it's like, yeah, I really think he was told like, hey, man, low key, you're going to be Lobo in the new, you know, the new stuff. Um, but that's why I was surprised when Gunn was like, hey, like, you know, James Wan views these as a trilogy. So now I'm like, oh, God, they're going to try to do both. They're going to try to like have him continue as Aquaman and do Lobo. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I'm fine with that as long as the Aquaman stuff ends up being Elseworlds and not part of the new, you know, universe. But we'll see. And, uh. and see, that that's... That's that's the that's the rub here, because until Gunn establishes himself, he has no um, real say. I mean, if, if the powers that be above him say, no, make Aquaman 3 work, then he's got to find a way to make yeah. it work, you know, somewhere in there. Yeah. Whereas Feige said it, it doesn't happen. Well, here's the thing I've been worried about. The thing I've been worried about is that so, so, here's, all right, so, so you said like he hasn't been managing things very well. I like the fact that Gunn is being as transparent as he is because most people like back off of Twitter when they have the thing that, that like like he's been doing. He's been very responsive and he's been doing like a lot to like both put things out there and also to try to like stifle when people are trying to blow things up out of proportion and to be like, like the whole thing of like him firing Gal like he had no decision over like them passing on the patty jenkins wonder woman 3 yeah. that was one thing that the old like the studio execs like were, were reviewing and whatever and so it's like first of all he wasn't the one that said no wonder woman 3 and second of all he never fired Gal Gadot. And so it's like, he's like, no, like that's, that's like a false narrative that you people are putting out there. And so he was like, he put the kibosh yeah. on that like right away. Um, and so I like the transparency that he's had and i think that that it's a level of transparency that we don't normally see from like someone like him like like in that level and i really like that i don't know if he can sustain it for years but like, you know like i, well, I appreciate the effort <laughs> but my fear is that warner is gonna blink because we know that warner is is awful at making decisions and makes knee-jerk uh -huh. reactions like very quickly and i'm worried that they're going to be like crap like the narrative on the internet is like you know james gunn's no good like even though he announced all this stuff like we're gonna like you know tell him like no we're gonna change our you know direction we're gonna do something different i'm like yeah. oh god guys no let something just last for a few years before you, you pull the rug out and let him at least go for the shot that's my fear is they're not gonna let him go for, like they're gonna like like step in in the middle and be like no nah, man like we're too worried because people are getting like really upset about this and that's wow. that's been their problem is they haven't allowed anyone to actually like do the thing that they're trying to do and they're not giving people the rope because they're so afraid of failure that they're forcing the failure themselves and it's like no stop <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy because they don't listen to either side. It's they don't right. listen to the creatives, but they don't listen to the fandom either. So mm -hmm. when the fandom's like, this would be a fantastic idea. We, millions of people, would love to see this and throw our money at you for it. Uh -huh. And then they just go, yeah, uh, that's that's interesting. We're going to go in a different direction. It's and then they the just... <laughs> no it's just, it's just like it doesn't make sense you're like why just think of that there had been a man of steel 2 at some point between 2017 and now 
Just think, everybody wanted it. Like, I don't know a single person. Like, I know people who are like, I don't like Zack Snyder's vision of Superman. I know a lot of people who are like that. But a post-Justice League that showed us, like, a more hopeful version of Henry Cavill's Superman. Everybody was like, I love Cavill in this role. I just don't want it to be like the Superman whose dad told him to let a busload of kids die. You know, like I want a more, <laughs> I, <laughs> I want a more hopeful, optimistic Superman. And everybody yeah. wants to see that Cavill movie. And so if they had made that movie in this period that everybody was asking for, you know, like that might have like cemented like a whole new DC like regime. Like they would have gotten like the billion dollar Marvel money or whatever, you know, cause like everybody wanted to see that. Or build a world that makes sense. Like it's right. it's like it's it, 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 fine. Okay, the Snyderverse. Yeah. Make the Snyderverse, but give me all of the buildup to what led to those big key movies. Like it feels like BVS. There should have been a Batman movie that mm -hmm. showed like. Yeah. This was a Batman who had been doing this forever, and he loses his hope. He loses all of it, and he's just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done playing nice. Now I become the vengeful, crazy Batman who definitely murdered people. Um, and like and actually build that story arc, like explore those characters before we get to BVS. But again, Warner didn't want to do that. And Snyder, I mean, if they had told him they wanted that, he would have been more than happy. I know he would have. Well, I mean, yeah, you oh, know. Hold, on, hold on just one second. I do want Eric to speak about the, the legacy side of things also because he hasn't had yeah, yeah. a chance to do that. It, it is interesting, like looking back at the stuff with uh, poor Henry Cavill. And it sounds like because talking about Gunn's transparency thing, uh, like Gunn didn't shy away from the fact and probably got into hot water. But he like I'm paraphrasing it, but he was pretty much flat out like um, me and Peter never had a conversation really with henry about superman it sounds like and once again i'm paraphrasing this but it sounds like people were promising him things that even though even though obviously the gun and saffron stuff was already was already being worked on it sounds like some executives talked to henry while the black adam cameo and all that happened and it sounds like somebody along the lines promised and screwed around with him and you know gave him the gave him everything and kind of like basically screwed him over is how it sounds, which is insane to me. Like imagine, imagine messing with, with that would be like somebody go, you know, like going, Oh yeah, Superman five is happening, you know, back in the early eighties, if, if he was still in health, but it would be like somebody messing with Reeves like that badly in his career. Like obviously Henry, it sounds like thankfully Henry has bounced back since he decided to leave the Witcher for for all intents and purposes for whatever the Superman plan would have been from what those executives promised him. But it's like, it sounds like he bounced back with the Warhammer project. But at the end of the day, just imagine messing with an actor that badly, yeah. even though, you know, other plans are in effect. It's just like, why, uh, how spiteful can you be like, what were you hoping for there? Yeah, I, I, I am. But I've been saying, like, I am happy for all the high level, really great actors that DC is pushing over to Marvel. Like, you do that thing, guys. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I can't I can't unsee the Reed Richards thing after I said yeah. you that. I can't unsee I, it. I, I think, yeah, because that's the thing. I don't want Cavill. If I have Cavill went to Marvel, I don't want him to play like a Superman ish character. But I was like, oh, my God, yeah. like if he slimmed down just a little bit, he would be like a yeah. perfect Reed Richards 
bastards like he's got the face oh, yeah. for it like you know like I, I can see that and that would be really interesting like because that's going for a very different character type but i think he could pull that off because he's he's very charming when you let him be charming he's a very charming like sort of person i bet he could do the sort of like you know absent-minded scientist thing like really good and so yeah i would i would be interested to uh to see that i know I know Ryan no. had a point uh, a second ago <laughs> that he wanted to bring up, but what I did want to say, you know, and obviously before you change topics, um, mm-hmm. I mean, the thing with Blue, the thing with Blue Beetle is I'm not worried about Blue Beetle. I really hope Blue Beetle's a hit mm-hmm. that you know he can move forward in this new DC um, plan. The nice think... thing about Blue Beetle is that it's a lower budget movie, so it doesn't have to make yep. as much to be a hit. And so that's the thing. That's the thing I've been saying Marvel should do is like Marvel should do a few big screen projects, though, that are lower budget, you know, and just like for street level movies, you know, and stuff like that. And I, I think that that, you know, because then, yeah, you don't have to make as much to like make it a hit. But but just real fast, since you brought up the point about guns, open transparency, I think that speaks volumes to his character. But I mean, just like, obviously, we can disagree till the cows come home on his voice as a as a creative person in general, because I know I know you have a very different perspective of of his of his filmography than I do. Mm-hmm. But from a production side of things and the way he the way he's presenting himself, I think you, you got to look at that and be like, this is a man that started his career by studying under Lloyd Kaufman, a man who has always had the I don't give a crap about anybody perspective mm. and then like literally spent a handful of years studying under Kevin Feige on what is and I mean we don't we don't even have to like say this from a it's more of a factual standpoint for you know than a skewed but he's studied under Kevin Feige a guy who literally you know has probably the most successful studio that we've seen in the last 30 30 years mm-hmm. of of film so like it's like you you look at that and from the production standpoint it's like yeah he might be new to the production but you gotta look at where he's been throughout his career and be like okay he he has the perspective that he has and has the plan in place because of where he studied from so like it's going to be interesting to see where he's executing everything with this open transparency and you know like you know he probably has that also from the fact that, you know, he got fired from the stupid tweets that he made when he was still, you know, a younger guy thinking that edgelord humor was, was where it was at, you know, like he has to have that open transparency about him because he's got all these viewpoints. He's got all this, all this stuff. And that's like where his brain is at. So it's really cool to kind of like see a guy, you know, like his voice as a filmmaker versus also now we're seeing him as a producer. And, you know, he's this big, giant nerd. But at the same time, he's going, OK, we can take this risk, but we also know we have to have this big project here. Like you're kind of seeing that that really interesting perspective and you can kind of see where his brain is at. So it's really it is really cool to kind of see that we as fans can also see where he's coming from. And it's it's just it's really interesting to see where where Gunn is at now at this point in his career in the projects that that, you know, he's got his hands on. It's really cool to kind of kind of see where he's coming from at this point. I know you get where I'm coming from. I'm not sure if I'm explaining myself properly on that one. (laughs) He sticks to his guns, as it were. (laughs) Ah. I'm sure he loves jokes about the last name just as much as you do. (laughs) 
Yes, but I'm not making them directly to his face, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> He's a long-time listener. You don't know. <laughs> James, if you're listening, come on the show. I'd love to interview you. <laughs> All right. But yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, like anything. Ask him where his uh, ask him where his movies are on on his list, Gun. <laughs> if you yeah. don't listen to the show. Oh, and and I, I'm sorry, Nathan, but um, Cavill cannot be Reed Richards because the smartest man in the world cannot look that good. That's just not fair. <laughs> Somebody, somebody's never looked at Alex Ross's Fantastic Four. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that opinion. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually interested. Every every casting I've seen for Reed Rich, every fan casting has been as a white guy. But I'm actually somewhat interested if anyone's going to go for, like, if they're going to go for a person of color, just because, then, I mean, well, because Kang is supposed to be on the list. Kang is supposed to be Richard's descendant. Now, that's thousands of years. You know, that's over a thousand years out. So, like, obviously, you know, with genetics and everything, like, you know, like, you can have a white ancestor and still, you know, be look like very much of African uh, descent. Uh, but yeah, I, I'd just be curious though if they would go for like a, like a person of color as as Reed Richards. There, there was one that I heard being floated around a few months back. Um, but I, I can't. I, I I don't know that I can because it might be. But anyways, he can't be it anymore for reasons which I can't elaborate more on unless everyone's seen quantum mania oh, and, and that's yeah. all i'll no, yeah, say <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. um i and saw he his was... name on the list too <laughs> yeah yeah and i would actually i was down for that i thought he would have been a really good one um but not not now you know? i keep seeing people um, say rahu kali i could see that too um... he's in all the uh netflix uh shows mike uh mike what's his name shows okay i'm sorry i didn't mean to turn this into a marble thing uh, <laughs> okay, all right, let's go all back right, sorry, to... sorry back back to to <laughs> one quick i have a, i have an observation and a question for you Nathan, right. or for anyone um sure. as far as the legacy shows um the question is uh I haven't seen anywhere because it was going forward. Then it wasn't. Then it is. Then it wasn't. What is the status of Diggle show? Is that just gone now? Uh, so David Ramsey, the last thing that he put, God, it was it was not that long ago. He did post something, but it was before the gun announcements saying like, no, no, I'm still in talks with the CW now. I suspect <laughs> very strongly the answer now is absolutely not like 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 again, gun would be fine if Superman and Lois got like a continuation, but like. He wouldn't want the Justice U show to like start next season because then it would be DOA, you know, like because he does definitely wouldn't yeah. want it to continue two years out because then it's going to start like overlapping with like his like stuff. So I'm pretty sure the Diggle thing is gone. Like it's not happening. Yeah, I, I think for David Ramsey, his best bet is to like just approach the Superman and Lois producers and it'll be like, hey, Diggle moves to Smallville. You know, like that's the story. Like, like I can be a regular on Superman and Lois now. Like that's that's probably his best bet for having more Diggle content. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't figure they were going forward. I just hadn't last I'd heard was that yeah, it was still happening, but I well, I mean he's still contradictory. I mean it wasn't still it was the, it was in the fact yeah, like they were see a new version of the pilot script was sent in okay. was the last announcement and so he was still hoping to get a green light on a pilot and all of that but again that was like a few months ago <laughs> like that was before gun made it as an announcement and that's the thing so it's like yeah david ramsey can send in a new script 
But that doesn't mean that A, the CW wants it, or B, that Warner will yeah. allow it, even if the CW... I mean, because that's the problem with all the CW shows. They need a double approval. And Guns basically said, D, like, Warner's not going to interfere with Superman and Lois if they get a green light. But then that still means the CW... They, they have to clear the CW hurdle, and CW is backing out of scripted content. And so, we don't know. Maybe they'll be like, well, we want one DC show, so sure, like, continue Superman. Now, if they cancel Superman and Lois and say, yeah, we want one DC show, but it's going to be Gotham Knights, then there will be riots. Like, I <laughs> I will start the riot. <laughs> I mean, at that point in time, I would not mind that my cable fighter doesn't carry the CW anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay. Because <laughs> I can already tell, like, Gotham Knights yeah. is not going to be at the level of quality of Superman. Even if it ends up being, like, an okay, like, all right, I'll watch this, like, kind of thing, because it's, intri- like, I love the Bat family, and I, you know, love, like, all iterations of, you know, the Bat family, like, yeah. generally, like, I, I, I know it's not going to be at the same level of quality as Superman and Lois. Yeah. yeah. But um, but anyway, all right. So yes, moving forward, we have the announced slate of movies and TV shows, and Gun has actually been kind of interesting, and and it's been kind of interesting because uh, Disney has also been kind of talking this way that maybe in the future they're not going to be just tied to one streaming service for their tv content and i was shocked to hear like again it's rumors coming out of dc nobody's directly said this but like uh like articles are being written right now that even disney is considering like maybe utilizing other streaming services to put out content like that they're starting to see that maybe just going all in for disney plus isn't necessarily like the best strategy which god who could have predicted that i think it was us in episode 12 of this podcast we talked about how there were way too many streaming services and like nobody was going to pay for all of them and like studios were going to lock themselves in and like it was going to be a bad move yeah gee who could have predicted that but anyway anyway i'll top my own horn there I'm not saying there's necessarily going to be a streaming service crash, but there's probably going to be a streaming service crash. But anyway, um, we're going to see them consolidate anyway. Uh, Already are. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the moves that we're seeing. Uh, but anyway, so we got this whole slate of movies and TV shows announced. Uh, which one excites you the most, Eric? <laughs> uh, I kind of want you to guess. I'm pretty sure you'll be wrong because it's actually a tie. Oh, well, I'm going to guess it's the, oh, God, I need to pull up the thing, but it's the one with the creatures like in World War II. No. Oh. Though I I am intrigued by that because apparently it's a direct tie-in to to Suicide Squad because Weasel is literally right there. Uh, (laughs) But no, no. I'll I'll give you one more guess and then I'll reveal. Like I said, it's a tie, actually. So convinced it was going to be that one. Um, Superman. How did... I feel like I feel like I need to let Ryan guess because okay. I'm starting to feel like Ryan might know me better than you. God, <laughs> uh, my guess would be Brave and the Bold. Jesus Christ, what is wrong with you two? How long have you known me? Do I really have to rip off my rip off my jacket right now? To, what was my first tattoo? Come on, guys. In brightest oh, day, crap. in blackest night. Oh. Come on, I, I was gonna be like Godzilla. <laughs> No, yeah, no, that's like my fifth tattoo. Thank okay. you. Um, I thought we were talking about movies. Okay, might be the biggest guys. one, but it's the fifth one. No, I, he's talking about all the projects, right? I, okay, I don't, right. I don't know the order you got your tattoos in. I, I don't know you that well. I will say that. So, no, but I mean the fact that I have the huge Green Lantern tattoo on my arm. But no, it's it's a tie between Green Lanterns because it sounds amazing. Mm. Green Lanterns and Booster Gold. 
Oh God! Come yeah, on. Booster Gold. I should have. I, I should have guessed Booster Gold. Yeah, <laughs> I would right. guess Booster you Gold. You really should have guessed yeah. Booster Gold. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> but you're you're such a fan of like of like horror comedy stuff that I was like, oh, Gun doing like a thing about monsters. Like that's that's gotta be like right up your alley. Yeah, but I mean the fact that we're we're finally getting, and sadly, it's not the it's not a Mark Guggenheim project. It's not the other project that was going to be green lantern core mm-hmm. so no guy gardner no alan scott though that was confusing in the first place how they were going to pull that off but i mean it's it's hell and it's it, it's hell and it's john and i mean they've yeah. he's describing it as true detective meets uh what was it true detective meets shoot what was what did he i forgot what how he described it but but yeah it's supposed to be like a murder mystery like kind of kind of thing and yeah no that sounds really interesting no that was actually gonna be my pick so you took my (laughs) but like i'm really fascinated by this it's got such massive potential Mm. like it's insane how much potential this thing has and i mean depending on the budget they have we could finally see like i mean the closest Sadly, the closest in live action we've gotten to to Green Lantern is, you know, um, uh, Jade on uh, on uh, Stargirl. That's the closest yeah. we've seen to actual Green Lantern powers on the big screen. So it's going to be really cool to see what what a budget for a TV budget, but a true detective or like a a, a Game of Thrones type of TV budget does with Green Lantern. Oh, right. Because this one they have definitely said will be on HBO Max, even though they are yeah. exploring like other services for some of the other shows. Like they're like, yeah, like this is going to be like an like a like a movie ish budget for TV um, kind of thing. So the only thing that I want is if you're going to be playing around with legacy ideas, legacy casting, all that, if you're going to be playing around, give Mark, it's Mark Strong, right? Yeah. Yeah. Give Mark Strong his second chance at Sinestro. That guy more than deserves it. He was the best thing about that movie. Well, see, here's the thing, though. Oh, if sure. they do fold Shazam into the new DCEU, oh, yeah. I, I kind of want to <laughs> keep him as Dr. Savannah because he was yep. so good as Dr. And, oh, no, and they, they so teased, good Savannah, too. Yeah, they teased that Savannah would have a future, and it doesn't look like he's going to be in the second movie, but I was hoping that, yeah, if they do a third movie, I'm hoping they pay off him and Mr. Mind teaming up uh so yeah yeah because yeah he was yeah mark strong is just good guys okay so even if yes. you don't use him as sinestro or as dr savannah like find a role for mark strong in your new dceu and we will be good Definitely. with it um he'd play moriarty too lex luther <laughs> oh he would be a good lex yeah he would be a great lex <laughs> that's awesome he would be such a good lex <laughs> Yeah, because I kind of want like 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 even though I really liked the um the the Lex that um John Cryer played in um yep. Supergirl, I would really like a harder Lex, like like yeah. someone oh, who's yeah. more yeah like more intimidating. Um, yeah. uh, I, I love the Clancy Jones animated uh Clancy Brown. God, why does it say Clancy Jones? Clancy <laughs> Brown animated version in super in the Superman cartoon of the nineties, and like someone like that. Um, you know, like I think that would that would be a very cool like way to go, and I think Mark Strong could bring that sort of that sort of energy to it, and I, that would be I would be all for that. But anyway, um, yeah, no, that's that's a good call because, like I said, I'm excited for that one. Um, I do think because it seemed like they never knew what they were doing with Green Lantern, like. They announced it as a movie way back in like 2014, and then they decided, no, it's not going to be a movie. It's going to be a TV show, and then it was going to be a TV show based around 
um um john okay, stewart yeah. and okay, then they yeah. decided it was going to be no it's going to be an anthology and every episode will be a different green lantern and it was like so many different ideas kept getting thrown out there of what they were going to do with it and it was just like okay like guys like you really gotta like pick and it sounds like they finally had something they already had scripts for all the episodes written it's like no nah, we're not gonna do that it's just like man, man. uh so yeah, so Berlanti's out. It's not going to be produced by Berlanti uh, anymore. Uh, but I am very intrigued by this one, and I I'm excited for it. Um, uh, James or Ryan, like thoughts on on Green Lantern? I want a good Green Lantern. That's yeah. all I want. Like I just yeah. want like, and I think at the premise of what they said, uh, you know, this is going to be, you know, uh, that that true detective kind of like or like true crime ish kind of thing but in the green lantern world i think it's appropriate i think it'll make it a lot more of a compelling show because if you try to do i think that's that is for sure among many other issues one of the problems that was <laughs> ryan reynolds green lantern they didn't get into the <laughs> fact that they're space cops they're space yeah. cops and like that never really came up it was like no let's just show off Hal Jordan with a bunch of powers and doing like stupid stuff with it we fight glowing yellow things that fly through space yeah yeah and it's you know obviously it's so much more than that it's like Hal isn't just on earth all the time John's not just on earth all the time like they have a job to do for their sector of the galaxy. So exploring that and just kind of, I think uh, getting into more of the specifics of like, what's the purpose of the Green Lantern Corps in the whole of the DC universe and then how that'll build forward, um, like how the Green Lanterns may get involved in different uh, future movies, things like that. I think that'll set it up really nicely. Ryan? Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um... I remember when when the Reynolds movie came out, like people were saying, yeah, it should have been a buddy cop movie, and it should have. And a buddy cop movie and True Detective are not exactly the same thing, same vibe. Uh, but like if they go True Detective route, that's fine. And I do feel, sadly, even though Hal Jordan and John Stewart are the two most boring lanterns, that there would be the best for that sort of uh, a vibe. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well. Oh. And that was the end of the podcast. Yeah. I, I, I said what I said. I mean, I agree that Ryan Reynolds would have been a better Kyle Rayner. Like I know a lot of people yes. have said that, and I think he would have he would have been Nah Jim Sturgis. What I'm sorry, what? Oh no, I said nah, that's uh you ever see across the universe? No. Uh, Jim Sturgis was already basically playing Kyle Rayner in Across the Universe. Yeah, okay. I get what you're saying. But 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 yeah no I God man like yeah no I I think I think John Stewart and Hal Jordan that'll be very interesting to see them playing because the thing like every version we've seen uh, well I mean I guess I haven't seen like a, the, some of the DC animated movies and stuff but like we we always see them trying to do like one like when they did Justice League like it was like no it's John Stewart he's Green Lantern he's it like you know like. I, I like the idea of them being like, nah, let's do like a couple of Green Lanterns and have them like play off each other and whatnot. And so like yeah. I also like the idea that Gunn is establishing that this is a DC universe where this weird stuff's been going back to World War Two at least. You know, like, you know, and 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 basically establishing like that there's legacy here already. And so like, yeah, we're coming in where there's at least two Green Lanterns and possibly more on Earth. 
um you know but we're just focusing on those two right now um and so again it's going to be interesting to see all of that you know and as long as they do it well and that's the thing like they're doing almost a hybrid approach like you know we talked about top down versus bottom up because they're going to they're going to do bottom up and focusing on individual characters but they're also sort of establishing there's a history here already. We're not doing a bunch of origin. We're not doing Hal Jordan's origin. We're not doing Superman's origin. We're not doing Batman's origin. We're establishing that, that all that stuff already happened. And there are other characters that are already established and all of that. Now, I'm I, I I'm thinking probably for a character like Booster Gold, they're probably going to give us a lot more about an introduction oh, yeah. and everything and not just be like, here he is, guys. Like, you know, because audiences are going to be like, who in the world is Booster Gold? Um <laughs> Uh, but like even on Legends, he was just in like the one episode <laughs> before they canceled it. So it was just like he was so good. He was so good. <laughs> uh, I'm still hopeful because the Eric Wallace on the Flash has said like we are going to have at least one episode with the Legends in Flash this season. So I think they're going to try to wrap it up uh, in Flash. Uh, he said like yeah, he wished he had had a twenty something episode season so he could have like done more. But like he said, we're going to get one episode with the Legends. So. Um, nice. Yeah, I hope that includes Booster Gold, um, but uh, we we don't know that fact because he did not specifically Donald, say. Donald Faison killed it, man. Yeah. I, no, no, I no, I agree. I, I was like, that made me excited for Legends, which I hadn't been excited for in years, and I was like, oh my god, they're doing Booster Gold, and he's great. I honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't hate, I wouldn't hate it if he if he's the one cast on the show. Like that would be awesome mm-hmm. if he's the one cast for the show because no. he he absolutely killed it. All I want is at least give me Ted Cord. If you're doing a full, if you're doing a full Booster Gold TV show, give me Ted Cord too. No. Um. But yeah. So so yeah. That's the Green Lantern. Uh, James, what's the one of these projects that most excites you? Oh, I think it's anybody who knows me. It's obvious. I'm, I'm pretty I'm sure. So... I'm so stoked for the Brave and the Bold. I, I'm I so knew stoked. It. <laughs> the second the second they announced it and they're like Damian Wayne, I was like, give it to me now. <laughs> Cause I I love Damian as a character. Uh he is next next to um Grayson. He's he's my favorite Robin. Um I know it's he's always kind of a mixed bag for the DC fandom. Like some people love him like I do. Some people are like, no, he's too hyper violent. And I'm like, but that's what makes him great is he he's literally always calling out the hypocrisy, at least in the beginning when he first, you know, joins up with his father. He's always calling out the hypocrisy of his father and being like this is such a bad idea. We're letting the bad guys go. If you kill the bad guys, the bad guys don't do bad things anymore. And he's just like, yeah, but we're better than that. And Damien's like, I literally don't understand what you just said. <laughs> but, um, I think Damien is, in my opinion, he's he's a very well-developed character as far as the whole arc of his charactership um, in DC. So, yeah, I'm excited to see a Robin back on screen, too, because we've never had a good Robin in a live action movie. We, we had what was okay. And then we had like a, a subpar hint um, in Christopher Nolan's of like, Oh, this guy <laughs> go like his name's Robin. Uh, um, and it was just like, it's a nice 
not. I but... still wish they did the how it should have ended, where like the costume, like the costume thing comes out of the water and it opens up, and it was the Robin suit in there, and he's just like hell no, and just walks away. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like there's, I mean, and again, like we saw the hinting at there, there had been a Robin in the Snyderverse, right. but again, we get zero context. We don't actually see somebody in the suit. So I'm I'm excited for Robin to come back on screen. Who they could possibly cast as a Damien is all up in the air for me uh, because it it is a younger role. Um, you know, we're we're dealing with a teenager, and I'm not familiar with a lot of teenage actors. I just I don't want a CW treatment for whoever they put in there. Like, so so, so here's my thing with the casting on this. Well, for, first of all, okay, I'm going to assume that we're going with that this is the fourth Robin. I mean, obviously, they could, like, like shrink the timeline and say, like, you know, oh, maybe he's only the second. Like, maybe there was Dick Grayson and now there's Damien. But I wouldn't want them to do I, – I would want – if they're going with Damien, I want it to be, like, no, nah, that he's the fourth Robin, you know. Um, in which case, you got to cast a fairly old actor to be, like, I'm not going to buy it if you cast a 30-something as Bruce Wayne and say, like, this is the fourth Robin. Like, that's the one thing that I really appreciated about the Titans TV show is, like, even though, yeah, like, Ian Glenn was kind of hard to, like, see as Bruce. But when you think about it, it's like, no, like, we're, like, establishing that he had already been Batman for a long time before he even adopted Dick. And then there's like, you know, 10 years of raising Dick Grayson, you know, Dick's now like in his mid 20s, you know, and it's like, yeah, it kind of makes sense. You got like a guy that's fairly old playing Bruce Wayne, you know, like, and that's the thing. It's like they got to think about their timeline quite a bit. And as far as who's going to play Bruce, um, because and then and that's the thing. I want that world weariness. Um, yeah. I want because that's one of the things I really appreciate about Affleck's performance was um and again i know a lot of people didn't like the theatrical version of justice league but there's a scene in the theatrical version of justice league that i think was fantastic between him and diana when she comes in on him like taking off the costume and he is just like a mass of bruises and scars and he's just talking about like he's already too old to do this and i'm like yeah no like that's like the thing that fascinates me the most about the affleck version of batman is this idea of this guy who's like he realizes that if he keeps doing this he's gonna die pretty soon and but he's still doing it because he knows he has to like there's nobody else that can do what he does exactly the way he does it and so like that that i want to see i want to see that same thing i almost feel like and i know it's because of like the negativity towards affleck but i almost feel like for the reason they fired Cavill was the same reason they should have just kept Affleck and been like, you know, like actually like Affleck, you're the perfect age for this right now. Yeah. Like you can be like the older Bruce Wayne with, but yeah, they just don't want to carry the legacy of the Snyder stuff. And like a lot of people were already divided about his casting and who knows if he'll get stressed out. Cause he said like, basically like, yeah, it was just because of the place I was in my life and how like troubled the justice league production was, is the reason I didn't want to do Batman. But now that I've had some years away from it i'm like no i want to be bat like that's why he went back and did the flash and did the stuff for aquaman too and was saying like he'd be up for doing more is because he's he's now that he's distanced himself from that he'd be cool with it um but anyway we'll see who they cast but yeah that's my biggest thing is just the ages of of you know make sure that bruce it feels right because the new 52 was always like Wait, we're keeping the fact that there are four Robins, but Batman's like 35? Like, wait, how does that work? Like, that means he would have had to have adopted Dick when he was like, what, 16? Uh, 
it's just like the timeline doesn't work out anymore so yeah um ryan thoughts on the brave and the bold uh i mean i'm looking forward to it obviously i'm looking forward to all these um but no not particularly it's just it's coming theoretically like a year or so after uh the batman 2 so i'm worried we're gonna have a lot of um bat fatigue so to speak um i mean i'm gonna watch it either way I, i'm not gonna i can't get too excited about it until i hear casting until mm-hmm. i hear like and and i guess also it needs to be it's gonna be i mean about the villain it's, it's always gonna be about the villain. I, we can't do I, no can't do joker I mean, unless i don't know i just i i'm not I, i'm not finding in my head with the possible exception of you know ross al ghul again but i would be down for that uh who would be an appropriate um a villain to set well that's the thing they have to coordinate with reeves because reeves is obviously doing something with barry keegan and the joker and even if it's not the second movie i would think that if they get a third movie they're probably going to do something there and so yeah i would think it wouldn't be the joker just because they wouldn't want to do something that was too similar with what you know that matt reeves is going to do um, I'm still hopeful because of some comments Matt Reeves made that uh, Mr. Freeze is his villain for his second movie. But um, oh, I want it. I, I want, want the ground. I, he's I like, want I think it. you could do a grounded <laughs> Mr. Freeze. And I'm like, yes, yes, you can. Yeah. This was my like Nolan pitch that Nolan didn't listen to. Um, <laughs> I, still, I still really want a ventriloquist and Scarface. I think mm. in Matt Reeves world, that would be perfect, mm. especially with the whole uh the plot lines about the mafia and you know the power vacuum being completely ripped away it's like perfect time to introduce them and i mean you can go full not possession but full like horror route with it and be like is is this guy losing his mind is this mm-hmm. dissociative identity yeah. disorder like what's going on with the ventriloquist i think yeah if you get really deep perfect. into the psychology of like this guy i think yeah. it would be perfect yeah i but here's the thing. So so we know that the main differentiation, though, is going to be Matt Reeves is going to want to go very grounded and Gunn's going to go for a very comic book. Like, you know, whoever yeah. he put, you know, whoever ends up being the director of the Batman is going to be somebody that understands and appreciates like, you know, like comic book kind of action. I'm I'm pretty sure that we're going to see a more fun kind of, uh, you know, kind of story out of like, you know, more overtly fun than the sort of dark sort of very gritty grounded you know matt reeves yeah. stuff out of out of the brave and the bold and so um yeah it'll be it'll be interesting because like if they did like for instance scarface and brave and the bold i think it would be more of like as a silly sort of joke like oh look at this guy who uses a ventriloquist dummy as his as his thing you know and so like you know uh it'll it'll be interesting to see like what they pick as far as like villains because i think you know, it would be, yeah, they definitely have to match the, they basically have to like differentiate the tones of the two movies. And yeah, like, like you yeah. said, Ryan, that was the biggest thing that stuck out to me as far as like seeing the timeline is it's like, yeah, with them in adjacent years. And again, they did say it was tentative. Like, you know, like, yeah. like they, they made sure to say like, we're not locking in these dates. So if things shift, like, don't be like, oh, DC doesn't know what it's doing. It's all collapsing because they're still in very early days um you know here with building this out um but yeah i uh you know yeah i i do feel a little worried about that but i think that they're going to be able to differentiate the tones fairly well i mean i think part of having gun overall in charge means all of these are going to have a slightly lighter uh tone mm-hmm. whether whether the creators want to or not but i guess my question is um it's not anywhere on uh on the the graphic that we're looking at and i can't remember reading but 
I guess it'd be a legacy Elseworlds, but is the Penguin series still uh, moving forward? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yes. So you see, that's going to perpetuate that version of, of the Batman in an audience's mind. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, that's, this is the Brave and the Bold is the one I'm really worried about having most conflict with a different version of itself. Right. Well, and uh, and you know, Warner's is doing what it always does. Like they're like tripling down on Batman. You know, like it's like Batman's the one property where they're like, oh yeah, like so, so we're having like a Joker universe, a bat, yeah. a the Batman universe, and now we're gonna have our DCU universe that also has a Batman who is going to be someone we focus on. Um, so... You just can't have a Batgirl. Sorry. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, here's the thing, and here's what I'm hoping for with an older Bruce is that like that'll be like okay, ch- chapter one we're doing a Batman Brave and the Bold, but DCU chapter two maybe we do a Batgirl and Nightwing, you know yeah. stuff like that, and we're we're bringing in other Bat family el- elements that we'll hint at in Brave and the Bold or you know whatever, but like you know obviously we're building up, um so you know we start with. You know, we start with two of our three mains, and I think the only reason we're not getting a definitive Wonder Woman movie is because they're not sure yet if Gal Gadot is continuing or not, and they want to iron that out before they decide, like, what they're doing with Wonder Woman. But so we got two of the three DC pillars right off the bat, and probably Chapter 2 will have Wonder Woman, you know, overtly, you know, this they're having this Themyscira, like, prequel show, but I'm guessing that's going to be, like, pre-Diana you know, Themyscira, so. That's just interesting, considering that Wonder Woman is probably the one, I mean, she predates Batman and mm-hmm. Superman, and she's the one character we don't have uh, in, in this reboot, and which brings me to, I guess, my tie uh, for for what I'm looking forward to the most, and that is, it's, it's boring, but it's Superman and Supergirl. Um, mm. You know, uh, I, I feel like Supergirl, uh, I feel like they looked at, I'll start with her first, because I honestly just feel like they were looking at her and said, oh my god, we don't have a Wonder Woman movie so we got to have a strong, you know, female-led vehicle. Well, no, no, I think that definitely is it. They wanted to have a strong female lead, like, yeah, in yeah. movie in this, yeah. And uh, so, uh, and of course, obviously, Superman Legacy will probably end with a teaser for uh, Supergirl. Um, maybe even her introduction or, or whatever, Kara's introduction. But um, so I'm looking forward to that just because, um, you know, I've still got the the Helen Slater one burned into my mind, <laughs> and so I, I need a cleanse, you know. Um, and uh. I'm looking forward to the Superman legacy mainly because yeah, I mean, maybe it wasn't the best movie, but we haven't had a tonally good Superman movie since, you know, 2006, uh, yeah. since Superman returns. And so I, 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 I'm, and, I feel and that like, failed on other reasons. Yeah. It failed in a lot. Of <laughs> it failed for plot reasons. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it wasn't the casting. It wasn't the right. tone. It, you know, I felt like it got that right. And I'm looking forward to that because I mean, um, you know, I, I I don't know how to say this without comparing it to Marvel and so forth, but like, I miss Captain America. You know, yeah. Captain America got me through the no Superman time, and now I need Superman to come back to get me through the no Captain America time. You have a Captain America. He's I Sam miss Steve Wilson. Rogers. I miss <laughs> Steve Rogers. <laughs> For shame, Ryan. <laughs> Sam Wilson is a perfectly fine Captain America. Sam Wilson is a great Captain America. I love it. I'm here for his movie, but. Steve Rogers, like Steve, I, I would, I would take a bullet for Steve Rogers, but like you know, I, Sam, I'm, I'd be like, I'm, Sam, I'm yeah. sorry, you gotta take the bullet, like exactly, maybe, maybe the shoulder or a leg. Yeah. Okay, all right, um, you cheated by taking two, but that's 
Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, all right. Uh, well, let's talk about Supergirl because I wanted to talk about Superman. Um, so yeah, Eric, what do you think about Supergirl? It's not going to be like a Supergirl project that anybody's expecting. I have not read the actual series that it's based on, but like to the point that Tom King himself, the guy that worked on the series that it's based on, is working on the screenplay and working hand in hand with with James on that project but from my very limited scope because like I said I haven't read it myself which is embarrassing in the first place because I read a lot of Tom King stuff it's insane uh, okay I was about to say we, we don't expect you to read every DC comic <laughs> it's very John Carter of Mars sword and sorcery yeah that's what it looked like from what I saw yeah but with Kara so it's going to be, or Kara, sorry. <laughs> it's going to be very, very different than anything that people are, you know, that people would expect a Supergirl project to be. So that's like, that's what excites me the most about it is the fact that we're going to be seeing like an adaption of something that like people are expecting from a super, super project, you know, like a Superman, Supergirl project. I think people are going to be very caught off guard in a good way. But I think, like, obviously, f- the fan reception will probably be different than, like, the overall audience perception. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they approach this. Because if if they are approaching it from, like, a John Carter, not Carpenter, di- very different things. <laughs> John Carpenter <laughs> from Mars. That would, be, that would actually be an awesome movie. Anyway, <laughs> John Carpenter taking on John Carter. Um, but no, um, if they approach it from that with a, you know, with a heavy sword and sorcery perspective it would be very it's going to be very cool and very fun to see that especially you know talking about john carter you know very underrated film highly recommend people watch that that movie was yeah awesome. all you people who made john carter fail you're you're the problem okay you're the problem <laughs> really? because that was a fantastic well, movie that's called the disney executive screwed it over but that's a whole different conversation no, it was uh, people were like it's derivative <laughs> yeah. and it's like no it's not that's what everything that you're saying it's derivative of was actually based on Ugh. i do the artwork alone because obviously everybody saw the artwork the artwork alone is gorgeous and tom king is a fantastic writer so i'm very excited to see what they do with that project the thing I think of with with Superman, though, the fact that it's called Legacy, I think there's a very good chance that uh, Damian Wayne isn't the only kid we're seeing. I oh. think we might be seeing Jonathan Kent. I think there's a very good chance of that right now. I have a different take on that. We'll get to that when it's my turn. Okay. Uh, James, what do you think about Supergirl? <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I want to be excited. I, I I enjoyed aspects that they introduced about Kara in, you know, the Berlantiverse and, and everything like that. Um, from the little, I haven't seen, obviously, we haven't seen the Flash yet. Uh, obviously, like, they showed a different kind of color to Supergirl, which um, is interesting. I mean, that alone, that scene alone from the clip has me interested in seeing the Flash movie, just because I want to see what they did with her. So I think she's a character that, common audiences have very little familiarity to but at the same time when they hear supergirl they're going to associate superman so they're going to immediately be attracted to it um as far as like well what's this about um you know so there's an opportunity for for definitely some story aspects um that bring fandom and the average viewer together um 
and yeah, we just haven't seen a lot. So it's exciting. Uh, I want it to do well. I want it to succeed uh, very much so um, for a multitude of different reasons. I mean, yeah, we've we've had, you know, a Wonder Woman, but there's there is a whole bevy of female heroes in the DC verse that they just haven't even explored. So we had a Catwoman I, if, movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, did we? <laughs> Eric's giving me the middle finger for that one. <laughs> so I definitely want to see them explore. I mean, we've explored a lot with like uh, villains, uh, especially female villains in the DCU, but uh, there's definitely a whole lot more opportunity. And so if this succeeds, I think it's just going to, you know, further uh, fuel the fire, if you will, for Gunn to continue exploration with other female characters in the universe. Yeah, I'm convinced there will be a Wonder Woman 2 in Chapter 2, but I'm hoping they also include other, you know, female characters, you know, because there's there's a lot. And if we get a team movie, I mean, obviously, you know, they'll have to have a good mix of, you know, uh, of, of male and female characters on that team, because that was one of the things where... I was saying if they had done a Justice League 2 under the Snyderverse, I was like, bring in Hot Girl. You know, like that was my pick for adding some more diversity uh, as far as gender, because it's like I didn't want Wonder Woman to just be the woman, you know, on the team. <laughs> it's like, you know, bring in at least Hot Girl, maybe somebody else, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, like definitely do do something along those lines. So yeah, I'm actually really excited for this. I my fear would be people who come in expecting Kara from the Supergirl to I mean, obviously knowing it's gonna be a new actress, but like expecting that kind of like a vibe and a character and having like cause like Eric said, like this is a very different take on Supergirl. Yeah. And so their advertising has to make it very clear, like this is not the CW Supergirl. I mean, and to be fair, the CW Supergirl is a lot more like the Supergirl. I mean, there's been a lot of different versions of Supergirl in the comics, but it's more, you know, like what you expect is just it's like a female version of Superman. You know, she's very hopeful and she stands for the same things and all that kind of stuff, which is, you know, kind of been going on back to the, you know, 40s comics. Um, so yeah, I mean, say like, you know, show very clearly, like, like, yeah, like we're, this is Supergirl, but this is a very different, like reality for Supergirl. And so, yeah. And I'm interested in the whole, like Supergirl on like a wasteland world, like, you know, like, like, like with nothing, like, like that's, that's going to be like a fascinating take. I'm really interested in like what this is going to bring. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that one also. Um. Uh, I guess I'm going to talk about Superman because that's what's left to me at this point. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, my my take, and again, this is this is this is like pie in the sky. I saw Legacy, and I was like, wait a minute, we're coming in off Flashpoint. You know, DC's already like established the multiverse and multiple you know like dc's always been more into the multiverse front and center than marvel where it's been like a thing that they talk about every once in a while but it's been less of an up front and center thing for marvel at least traditionally um and i was like what if superman legacy is a movie where their new superman meets henry cavill and brandon ruth and tyler hecklin and they're all together in a superman movie together because of the legacy of like sort of like the dc universe or the dc media you know and that's and that's the legacy part of it and just sort of like showing like what all these different versions like have in common and what is different and you know stuff like that and that's the superman legacy that it's talking about and after uh spider-man no way home 
I'm really into the idea of like a, a multiple iterations of Superman like kind of movie. I think that would be a lot of fun to to see something I mean, like that. I mean, James is reading a lot of Grant stuff and literally two of Grant's stories, one that, you know, we see pictured, All-Star Superman, deals directly with a multiple Superman story in at least two of the issues of All-Star mm. Superman, which, by the way, people really should go read All-Star Superman. It's fantastic. But there's an, there's another S- Superman story that Grant did that also has a multiple Superman uh, team in it, and it's another really cool one, but that was that was during Final Crisis, which it would take a whole podcast onto itself to even try <laughs> to explain Final Crisis, but there's a very cool multiple Superman story in there, too. So, I mean, you could be onto something. It wouldn't surprise me to see James just go, surprise, guys, look what we got. We got a super ver- Superman-verse instead of Spider-verse. I couldn't make that roll off the tongue, but I tried. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, because I was thinking about that word legacy, and I was like, and I, I see the tack you went with it of, of Superman has a kid, but I'm like, especially if they're going for, like, a younger actor that can do this for a really long time, I'm thinking, you know, maybe not have a kid right off the bat. Um, but I guess that is another idea for why the word legacy would be in there. Because hmm. it's like, if he's a younger Superman, what is the legacy? And then I was thinking, oh, but there's a legacy with media. So maybe this is a meta comment on the legacy of Superman in media and sort of like an exploration of that. Um, and so, yeah. And again, that's why you wouldn't have to, because we know everybody's seen baby arrives on Earth, gets raised by people, and then like comes into the world having come from a good rural American, you know, background yeah. and, you know, has the, you know, those values and everything. Like we don't yeah. need to go through that all over again. And, and so, then uncle Ben dies. Yeah. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> Pa Kent doesn't always die. Not in every version. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but it I is do... rare to have him die from something that Superman could have easily saved him from and just chooses oh, not to. No. That is the, <laughs> no, that's the difference. <laughs> I do have a theory on why Swamp Thing is the linchpin project of the first phase. Okay. I mean, obviously, everybody it, everybody has a common knowledge of Swamp Thing and mm-hmm. the horror aspects of Swamp Thing. But so one of the only good things in the New 52 was the Lemire, Jeff Lemire and Scott Snyder runs on Animal Man and um, Animal Man and Swamp Thing. And in the New 52 and in those series, they introduced the concepts of the red and the green, which are kind of the dia dia what word am I thinking of? Diametric- Completely op- oh. diametrically opposed um oppositions, you know, like one is death, one is life kind of deal. Hmm. With the red being death and the green obviously being life. Swamp things attached to the green, poison ivy's attached to the green, some other characters that you want to expect are attached to the green, like hmm. Gar Logan of all people is attached to the green. How does but- this tie in with Superman red and Superman blue? It does not. <laughs> Yeah, we ignore that happened. Uh, no, but um, but what I think is going to happen is I think these concepts are going to be introduced and kind of be brought to the forefront mm. as kind of like possible possible threats, you know, like or possible like going. This is why this is the linchpin project. This is what ties everything together. This will be kind of like the the through line through some of these other projects that you're going to be seeing in you know the. Marvel speak the phase two and the phase three it'll be like oh you get you know like you get some sort of cool poison ivy project you get like you get more of the titans with gar you get like 
I I'm blanking on who could be part attached to the red right now, but it's like you could see the red start to pose a threat to the overall DC universe and see things kind of like tying together in key points in some of the other projects here and there in really fun and interesting ways. So I think Swamp Thing will be a fun, cool and interesting horror movie and film, but also tie together those those kind of different plot points you know how like guardians introduces thanos kind of kind of perspective in a way like i could see that that being the reason why swamp thing is the the last project and why gun teased teased that being kind of like the linchpin of the first phase that they're introducing us to like that's that's my theory my working theory okay james what do you think about uh superman legacy I mean, I think it'll be interesting um, because we can't make up our mind where we want to go with Superman. And that's like the proverbial problem in DC is we had what was the established greatest Superman. um, And I don't I can't even say arguably like there is no argument. He just was, um, you know, and and. And that was really the best legacy that was ever left with Superman. They've never been able to capture it since because they've never had a clear direction of what they want Superman to be. Um, you know, we we went from really great guy, like the 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 epitome of stand-up Superman. Like yeah. I'm here to help and save people and the Boy Scout and um and he was wonderful. And then we jumped to a horrible script of a movie that as said wasn't bad casting. It was just right. Well, he was a deadbeat movie. dad. So we have the deadbeat <laughs> dad Superman. We've got the let's his father die Superman. And we've and we've got the and, well no, Tyler Hecklin's been good though. Like I, I feel like I Tyler Hecklin's been really, really good. Yeah, no, I, I, and, and that's up to date though. That is the most interesting Superman that's happened since Chris, the Christopher Reeves days. Like, um, the Snyderverse set out to establish a very different kind of Superman, but also trying to harken back to the Christopher Reeves thing. And it was like, I understand what you're going for, but it's got to be its own thing. So I think starting with a Jonathan Kent. As our Superman, I think it's just an opportunity to get away from the whole Clark Kent and who do we want Clark Kent to be um, and start with something fresh and just a better, uh, a fresh, hopefully a fresh take and idea of Superman. Um, so I really, I really wanted to succeed. I'd love to have a good Superman movie so I can actually have like a reasonable debate with my best friend instead of just fighting about why Zack Snyder is not as great as he thinks he is. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we've got a we got a few other things that I just wanted to mention. We we've kind of sidelined talked about some of these, uh, but there's Creature Commandos, which is the one that we talked about, which is about like they basically like it looks like like some of the universal monsters as well as some other kinds of monsters like and and from what i understand that this is set during world war ii uh we've got the waller series which is a sequel to peacemaker so i guess we are guaranteed to at least have the peacemaker and suicide squad stuff carry over into the new universe um so i guess there can't be a clean break um because some of that stuff has to has to port over um uh, we have Paradise Lost, which is the uh, themyscira based uh, series that that we talked about, um, and I'm guessing we're not going to have a Diana cast by that point, but maybe 
you know, or, or, or even have Gal Gadot. I'm, I'm going to assume that this is like Themyscira, like, you know, centuries ago, but, but who knows? Um, the authority, uh, which is apparently a Wildstorm series, which since Wildstorm merged with DC is now a DC uh, thing. So I know nothing about it because I never read any of the Wildstorm books. Um, and uh, Booster Gold, uh, which was mentioned also, but we haven't really talked about that much. Um, of those, I'm really excited about Booster Gold because... <laughs> he's a fun character um and i think i think for like a uh, for a for a for a gun vision booster gold is the character that i think best suits like a gun like like what what we've seen from gun with like the guardians of the galaxy movies and you know and we know that he's had a lot of influence over the taika waititi thor movies also like uh you know even though those are directed by waititi like gun is somebody who's come in and helped him out uh with those movies so um you know that's that's sort of like the like like his take on superhero stuff and so like yeah i, I can totally see booster gold coming out of this new uh universe um so yeah like any any thoughts just anything on any of those series like that you're really excited for anything like uh um james what do you think um i mean i guess i'm excited as far as like it's just something fresh it's, mm. it's something fresh we've spent we spent such a long time with warner brothers in general like kind of going to the same things consistently it's like oh well we always know there's always going to be a batman movie as long as warner brothers has the rights over dc there's always going to be a batman movie at some point there will be another batman movie and i love <laughs> batman as much as the next person but uh, yeah there there is a point where it's just like okay but but what else do you have? You have all of these character properties under DC. Why is that the only thing you guys can seem to like produce? Um, you know, and Superman, we always keep coming back to Superman. So I'm excited to see something just different. Like, even if they're characters I don't know and I'm not familiar with, I'm actually excited for that kind of a concept just so I can get behind something else. Maybe I'll find a new character that I haven't read anything about and go, oh, I, they took an interesting take on this. I, I, I like the hero in this show and then be able to go back to the comics and see like, what did they get wrong? What did they get right? Because um, I haven't had that. It's like, there's a lot of characters I'd love to see them put on screen, but there's a lot of characters I wouldn't even consider because I don't know who they are. That's fair. Ryan? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh. And and in a kind of low key way, I'm more excited about these unknown properties than than the traditional stuff. Um, I do feel like it's worth noting that at least with uh, like lanterns, for instance, uh, theoretically that's coming out like in year one of chapter one. So it's entirely possible we could have two, maybe even three seasons of of some of these shows um, by the time chapter one wraps up, and to kind of thread through and just you know build up to whatever their overall arching plan is for you know gods and monsters um i will say that the themiscara one is probably the one i feel like is going to be the sleeper hit i mean i feel like they can go like uh kind of like you know game of thrones sort you know fantasy as completely with that make it such a self-contained story which pre which leads up to everything else that it could be uh have a lot of broad appeal and people could watch it and not even realize they're watching a comic book dc uh property hmm. 
Yeah, I have some worries about that one. (laughs) (laughs) It's an island full of women. Like, it's going to be a lot of, like, you know, male gaze. I mean... Like, like what isn't you know i, I mean just, but <laughs> let's see how many women we can have hook up on screen like all that kind of stuff and it's just gonna be like uh yeah <sighs> eric what do you think about all this excited for waller can't wait to can't wait to see the peace peacemaker follow-up i think it'll be it'll be interesting because i mean feel uh violet is it viola viola davis i say viola but because that's the instrument like and that's the name is the same it, as the instrument but it's it's miss davis to you <laughs> damn right it is damn right it is. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> more of her is never a bad thing though she's she's an awesome actress she's fantastic as as waller the only the only person i can see as waller other than ch palmer um but I'm very excited to see what they do because it's it's basically like I said it's basically a Peacemaker follow up. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there, especially with how Peacemaker ended, <laughs> and she's going to be in pretty hot water. So it's going to be interesting to see her get her out of that. Uh, it may be a new form of the Suicide Squad Task Force X in that project, which I'm sure will will be a thing. Um, and. I mean, like we were talking with the creature commandos, we already know that as a suicide connection, suicide squad connection. I mean, we will see those characters in live action eventually too, which is kind of a very, very cool concept. It's the fact that Gunn is like making animated projects, but with the intention of having these characters brought into live action and vice versa. I think that is a really, really cool idea. Um, well, and locking down all the stars so that it can't be like Marvel, where like when they did What If, some of the actual actors came and yep. voiced their characters on What If, and some didn't. Like it's basically like, no, you're like committing to this role, so like yep. you're going to do this character whether they appear in TV, movies, or animation. Like you are this character now. So yeah. And the really bad TLDR of uh, of the authority which my brain was actually just blanking on the authority in the first place is um apollo and midnighter are uh two basically anagrams sadly started very edgelordy uh i hate that term in the first place but it's the only way i can describe it is the authority is very edgelordy justice league is how it started off and became much better thankfully but midnighter and apollo are a gay couple who are anagrams uh, or analogs of Superman and Batman and a midnighter himself, who is the best character of the authority is basically a very sassy and uh, not stereotypical, but gay Batman. And he's awesome. He's a great character. And I love, I love Mid- uh, midnighter. So I'm kind of excited to see how they take, take him in live action. See, I just learned a new thing. I didn't know any of that. <laughs> yeah um i was never into any of like the wild storm stuff you know when it was image and you yeah know, now it's merged into dc it's kind of like okay like whatever um there's there's good pieces 
and then there's a lot of bad because it's it's not it's full on 90s extreme and it's like yeah well yeah the thing about Wildstorm like that always like struck me is like yeah I'd see like the Gen 13 stuff and all that like when I was in the comic shop it just looked like it was just splash page after splash page and I'm like there's no there's no story here it's just a bunch of women in like weird poses arching their backs or leaning forward and you know stuff. it's just like you know there's no there's no actual story there's just like splash pages <laughs> you know i'm totally different podcast but yeah i i did image for like the first year but the, then the whole concept of hey we're gonna leave marvel and dc and create our own label because we want the creators to control their stuff and then they turned around and started hiring people but ke- the main six <laughs> kept it for themselves it's like why <laughs> you know i mean okay we've learned nothing here yeah but i do remember um oh god uh wildstorm I can't remember what the project was, but I actually kind of liked it. You know, the, the, the his, uh, Jim Lee's first, it was maybe, it wasn't the authority, but it was Wild something Wild else. Cats? Well, no, not that one. Uh, <laughs> the me. other one. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, with Grifter. Oh God, I don't even want to, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's Thanks for bringing cats. back that bad. Me- yeah, no, no, not that one. Thank- Thanks for bringing back that bad memory. But no, the <laughs> other one, it was about like, um, oh gosh. And it, it was the, Son, who like his dad and all the original superheroes were in cryogenic sleep up on the space station, and like nothing, no, no, I, I've got to look that up. Maybe I'm imagining it. I've made, <laughs> I've made this. No, I doubt you're imagining it. I just it's I'm a, blanking. Some Mandela effect. Um, I would, <laughs> I'm going to look it up right now while y'all talk about something else. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So here's here's the twenty million dollar question, and I know we've asked a variation about this before, but like there's like times moved on a little bit so obviously and some people have been like really critical of this but at the same time i really get it like gun like like warner obviously wants their movies that are already in the pipeline to succeed right and so gun has been very like much like hey like all of these things can keep going we're very happy with and the flash is the one that's controversial right because of ezra miller's behavior and so I guess my question to everybody is, you know, like Ezra Miller has been out of the news as far as like any new criminal activity or suspected criminal activity for quite a few months. Uh, all indications are that they're in some kind of therapy. And, um, you know, and the actress who plays Iris in the Flash movie has said like, like, hey, like, you know, he's a high profile person. So of course, like everybody's watching this, but it's like, he's not the only person that goes through this stuff. And, you know, like you got to give like time for therapy to work and all this kind of stuff. So, so here's my question. If they don't do anything like more and they've done their time in therapy and they make amends and all that kind of stuff, like, do you believe that it would be acceptable for them to continue in the new DC universe or should they do another flat like a different flash actor um so ryan i haven't started with you yet on any of these yet so i think i'll start with you on this one well i mean from just from a purely business perspective they should start with another one because yeah he makes amends he does all that but you know uh they i'm my apologies uh ezra miller does all this does everything they're supposed to you know gets up gets apologizes publicly whatever um but the problem is yeah you know, it, it's easy enough to to apologize to say I'm sorry to get another project, and there's no guarantee from Warner's perspective that he's not that they're not going to fall off the wagon of sanity right. again. You know, so um, and this is not like 
alcoholism or drug abuse or something like that. Uh, literally, um, I'm not even sure Ezra could get insured again, uh, you know, uh, to actually film another movie. Maybe. I, I don't know how that works, but I would certainly, even as a co-star, uh, I would have problems uh, working with them. So I could see just uh, where, um, from a business standpoint, I would move on from Ezra Miller. Um, as a human being, I hope they get all the help that they need. And yeah, I hope that they do find success, but I think their time in front of the camera is over. Okay. Uh, Eric, you had a, a very visual reaction here. So uh, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts? Everybody knows I'm the biggest mental health advocate in the world, mm -hmm. but I'm sorry that they can very easily be taking their uh, therapy and all that from the jail cell that they very much should be sitting in for every single thing that they did. No amount of, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's like, no, I'm sorry. You had literally like a laundry list. <laughs> There's so many incidences over multiple years that it's not even funny. You should be in jail. End of story. No, no amount of, oh, but we're getting therapy, you know, they're they're getting the help that they need. I'm I'm sorry. You you endangered children. You you threw multiple hissy fits and took over property in Hawaii. But we're all supposed to be like, oh yeah, it's Hollywood. Easily forgiven. Same thing with Jared Leto. Throw them all in jail. Call it a day. I I get the mental health they need from a jail cell. It's that simple. You can get a Wally West. You can get a Bart Allen. You can get a Jay Garrick. You don't need another another Barry Allen. You don't. I mean, you could get another Barry Allen recast. What I'm saying is, there's just like the Green Lanterns, just like just like um, uh, uh, multiple other superheroes in DCU. There's more than one. There's more than one Flash. You can very easily recast the role. We do not need more Ezra Miller. That's yeah. simple. There's two Batmans in the ver that same movie. We can have two flashes. <laughs> yep. yep. Sure, but they're both played by Ezra Miller. <laughs> we do have two flashes in the preview for the yeah. movie. <laughs> well, we have two berries. We don't we know have that two Barry Allen's. Yes, yes, I know. Although they do show him, they do show like sure. running, like two running back to back or something. Like when they yeah. started this, so but we don't know if that is Barry in the other suit. So I don't. There is there is a scene where there's two speedsters, um, at least that was in the preview. So. Um, yeah, anyway. Um so James, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty pretty well on the same train. Um I think I think Ezra Miller is an incredible incredibly talented actor. I believe that wholeheartedly. But I believe that also, yeah, this whole this whole demigog thing with celebrities of like they get away with this stuff. If it was anybody else, they'd be in jail period end of discussion like that's that's how the real world works usually and hollywood stars do get away with a lot um i think there's a lot it's it's not as simple as man if there's one thing i've learned from my hero academia it's that at this point an apology is not enough they have to atone for for their actions and so that atonement there needs to be something real behind it um it's do i think that they were an interesting take on Barry Allen. Yes. Uh, not my favorite take on a Barry Allen, uh, but interesting. Not enough to make me say, yeah, keep Ezra on. 
not enough at all. Um, I know the rumor keeps swirling um, all the way up until articles just written yesterday uh, that, you know, there's still an opportunity for Grant Gustin to take over as the Barry Allen of the DCU. And I no, no, we don't. Grant's great. Don't get me wrong. He I doesn't like want to take... anyway. I, I, no. I, he's, he's dead. Like, he's so sick of the flash right now. Like, he's the reason they canceled the show is they couldn't get him to commit to more than 13 episodes. And, like, yeah, it's a movie is different, movie money. Maybe you could convince him, but I think he would give a half hearted effort. And that's not what you want. No, no. And so it's like, uh, give space for somebody else to step in. And I think Eric makes a great point. It doesn't have to be Barry. There's so many yeah. different versions of the Flash that we could touch to. Um, you know, I mean, geez, you could do something around just Bart, and like, I would be happy with you just doing that. Like, there's a lot of spaces they can go, a lot of actors they can pick from. Um, I hope the movie is good. I really do. Uh, but I agree with everybody else. I I think this should be Ezra's. The, the this he. There's a consequence for your actions, and 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 that's what that is. Is I don't think you get to do the thing that you were super excited to do. You don't get a, you don't reward bad behavior. So so yeah yeah no I I agree. Like here's the thing. Like I feel like there should be a path back for actors who have done or creators uh, of any kind that have done things that are unacceptable. The problem is Ezra Miller has done so many things that are unacceptable that I see the path back being very long. Um, so that's kind of the problem because it's like, because it's like, I feel like we've like overpunished some people. Like I think Hartley Sawyer was way overpunished for tweets that were also made years and years and years ago. And it's just like, no, his whole career was just tanked and he's like just gone like forever. And it's like that was like really hard, I think, like for for what the problem was. Um I I, I agree with you, but I think the path back is dependent on the offense. Um and right. like well, you that's know, what I was saying. yeah. Well, I agree. Yeah, but I mean, Hollywood has had a bad history of letting people, Roman Polanski, anyone, of letting people who do not deserve uh, second chances to keep creating. Right. And that's a very molesting children is a different (laughs) issue than I said a tweet that I thought was funny and it's actually really offensive. And so, like, that's sort of like my issue is it's like, yeah, when people are really popular, like Roman Polanski, like people liked his films. And so it's like, oh, you get a pass for doing something really, really bad. But it's like, okay, somebody yeah. who just made like a bad tweet, it's like, uh, you're gone forever. It's like, really? Like, and not like something that they're doubling because it's different when it's like, oh no, I stand behind what I said. Like, that's different than somebody who's like, no, I was just trying to be funny and I'm really sorry that I hurt people. And that's the whole reason I deleted it was I was embarrassed about it. Yeah. And somebody like, you know, scrounged it up out of like the internet archive or whatever to like show to everybody. And it's like, yeah, because like that was one of the things people said is like, oh, well, he deleted it like to hide it. Yeah, of course he deleted it. To hide <laughs> it. I'd be embarrassed too if I look back at something I wrote 10 years ago and it was like, oh my God, I like wrote right. some things that were like really dumb and like i i want to delete them now you know yeah so it's it, like it would, i get that <laughs> it would be akin to somebody who is just like yeah back when i was you know young and dumb i said some racially charged things because i was ignorant and i didn't know any better i wouldn't go out and volunteer the things i said to 
anyone because I have shame for the things I said in my ignorance. Now, later down the road, I might acknowledge and go, you know, once upon a time, uh, you know, I, I used to have, say some ignorant things and have some really poor opinions on conversations. And I went out and I had my perspective changed. I got educated. I don't do those things anymore. And if somebody's like, do you want to elaborate? I'd be like, I absolutely don't, but I appreciate you digging to, to see if I would. <laughs> like, like huh. of course, we would, we're not proud of things we're not proud of. Like that, yeah, like I, I agree. It's just, uh Yeah, no, and so that's the thing. It's throwaway like, was so upsetting. If, if anyone ever said, like no on set he said or did things that like were horrible like made me uncomfortable it would be a completely different thing because it's like that's recent yeah. right that that increases the time frame of amends or whatever else but it was like if the worst thing you can find like like if all this co-star this is the thing no one's ever come forward and spoken about any of it although there was one thing where like somebody wrote like they were surprised so if they were surprised by this then that probably means he wasn't behaving that way when he was actually working and so that's the thing it's like if, if this was only stuff he said years and years ago and it was just things that he said he didn't actually harm anyone he didn't actually like physically like hurt anyone i'm like that's one of those things where it's like okay slap on the wrist yeah you know like public you know publicly say like you know you have to like you know apologize and all of that but as long as you do that you know you sort of show that you have shame for it and you you know you're like i totally disavow yeah. these comments it's not the way i feel right now and by your behavior you show that to me it's like there should be like no like like thing but it seems like we punish people for stuff like that and then like people like bill cosby can do what he was doing for years before like there's any consequences or you know like roman polanski is another great example and stuff like that and i feel like we're all like sort of backwards on that but ezra miller's case specifically it's recent stuff and it's a lot of now, stuff. on that spectrum though ezra miller is closer to roman polanski than hartley sawyer right. and the degree of his offense right well that's what i'm saying because so. there are multiple things that like assault you know, yeah. like, like, because even though the Multiple thing about, <laughs> right, the thing about, like, the child endangerment, that's alleged. Um, that, that hasn't actually been proven. There was one account that said that. Um, and, but, but, but even all the other things that are proven, there are video cameras of the, of several assaults and things like that, of like, you know, the breaking and entering, yeah. there's a whole police, you know, report about that. You know, there's all these things that we know happened that are fairly serious crimes and they're all very recent. So it's like, yeah, like that's, that's a very yeah. different thing. Um, and so, yeah. And I think Ryan, I, I think I saw you write on Facebook that it's like, there's a difference in this movie because of the fact that while the movie was being made people didn't know all of this stuff like that, yes. that ezra was going to do and so it's like it's different to say like oh like i'm going to see this movie because i'm supporting michael keaton and um oh crap i forgot the supergirl actress sasha something i'm sorry i forgot your last name um <laughs> you know but i'm supporting her i'm supporting everybody else that worked on this movie all the cast and crew and whatever because they went into this not knowing the person that they were working with um absolutely and, but it would be like if they made another movie though it's like everybody knows all the stuff that Ezra no really did and so there's yeah. now there's no excuse anymore so yeah yeah so so yeah i i i suspect that gun is making these comments about oh we could work with him again because he's just being told by the dc like heads up like 
we don't want any negativity around this movie because we want this movie to do well and whatever. And they're probably like, yeah, but after the movie's over, like we're not, <laughs> we're cutting ties with Vesser Miller, you know, like we're done. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Oh, I, I, I fully believe, no, chapter two will have a flash. It'll just be Wally West or, yeah. you know, something. I, I think that's fairly likely too. Um, but anyway. All right. All right, guys. I, I think that that, wraps it up unless there's anything like really burning that you wanted to mention about the new dc slate well um not that i want to mention but you mentioned berlanti earlier does he have any place going forward that we know of uh, he signed the... a deal with warner itself that he will be working with warner to develop series but he's out of the dc stuff like like superman and lois yeah. is like the last thing Oh, well, I guess if Justice U goes forward, that would also be a, a Berlanti production. <laughs> but like again, I don't. I I feel bad for David Ramsey because he was like one year too late. Like if he had put <laughs> in this idea like a year earlier, that probably would have gotten yeah. at least one season because that was when the CW was just like, "All right, guys, like any DC concept, let's go." <laughs> or Dave. Or Dave. Yeah. I think but. he was holding out for that. You know. Green Lantern series. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be interesting. It's a new it's a new world where now like Berlanti can't like just have like, well, I've got 20 DC shows, you know, including Riverdale. Like if you want to call Riverdale a DC show, because like even though Archie is owned by another company, they've licensed it to DC and DC published Archie Comics for years. Um Shredded you know, teens taking their shirts <laughs> off in the ring. <laughs> but Berlanti's always had like all this DC stuff, even though he has developed other shows also. But now it's like, oh man, the DC rug's been pulled out. Now you've got to have just original content. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's a whole it's a whole new world. So we'll see uh what happens there. But uh all right, let's say our goodbyes, let people know where they can find us online. Uh so let's start with you, Ryan. Uh well, uh, farewell until next time, Internet. You can find me uh, at fine podcasts like this. Uh, feel free to, um, not unlike the DC Universe currently, my website is a bit of a hot mess in that it's nothing's happening. Um, actually, so I guess it's not like DC currently at all. Never mind that analogy. Um, <laughs> so, But feel free to visit it anyways, geekstranger.com. It's there. It's a thing. Um it's uh, got some nice graphics, I think. So, so check those out. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I will hopefully be going to conventions again this year. Um, I can't uh, money permitting, money and other factors permitting. And uh, check me out again on these fine people's Facebook pages and social media and this podcast. All right, James. Uh, yeah, you can find me pretty much any moniker that comes up under Roman on the Rocks. I don't think there's any weird ones out there I don't know about. But <laughs> uh, if there are, hey, let me know. Uh, but yeah, Roman on the Rocks on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, occasionally, uh, you might find me in the uh, space of writing something somewhere. Uh, but that's not a guarantee. All right, Eric? Uh, I think it's just if you look up Eric Radcliffe on Twitter. I think you can find everything else from there. And I will see you next time. Which in production, uh, nah, I don't want to break the fourth, the fourth wall there. <laughs> I was about to say in recording wise. Never mind. <laughs> Nate knows. <laughs> well, no, actually, this one's coming out in just a few weeks because this oh, is topical. Okay. Fair enough. This is topical. <laughs> All right, but yeah, like Ryan, James, and Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. It's a pleasure thank to be you. And this time I don't have to record a different outro because 
this one is coming out so soon. So everybody, uh, if you have anything that you want to say about this episode, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. You can do that a bunch of different ways. You can email us at everything at 42cast.com. You can go to our website, 42cast.com. You can go to our Facebook, facebook.com slash 42cast. Or you can tweet to us or go on Instagram at 42cast. Uh, you can also um, help us out by going to the ESO Network Patreon. That's patreon.com slash ESO Network, where you can see all the different tiers and what's available. And if you have the funds to contribute, we'd definitely appreciate that. You can check me out on two other shows, Time Streams, where uh, my friend Juliet and I are talking about Doctor Who and uh, Legendary Forces, where Juliet and I also, but joined by... Um, uh, uh, Joe, Ashley, and Corey are going through all of Star Wars fictional media from the beginning. So a lot of different ways to check me out, a lot of different content as part of the 42 cast family here. And uh, yeah, just keep checking this space. Uh, I'll talk about different things that I'm watching and not watching and stuff like that that doesn't get a whole episode to itself. And I will be going to C2E2 definitely this year, as well as Chicago TARDIS. Uh, Fan Expo Chicago, still iffy. Uh, and yeah, uh, otherwise, um, join us back next week uh, when I don't know who's going to be <laughs> next week. So. James Gunn. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, when James Gunn won't be joining us. But no, we're not talking about anything with James Gunn. Uh, but yeah, uh, I haven't actually decided what the next episode is going to be after this one. So that is the one thing that doesn't we don't get from the outro here. But uh, uh, take care and... Uh... <laughs> It's <laughs> Nathan signing off. Bye. You have been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2023. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42 cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42 Cast is a proud member of the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Geek.